Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. But is the whiteness of a portion, but not a portion of whiteness. That means even if I take a part and separate it from a whole, then if, they're, if the whole is participating in the form, the part is participating in the form equally as much as the whole, even though it's just a part of the whole. It's yeah. not a part of the form. It's just as much participating in it. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Does that, so, I mean, does that apply to water? Um, it can if you're talking about the form like, of water. No, Whatever, but I mean, what, like, let's say water is wet. Is uh-huh. one molecule of water wet? Okay, so we're talking about it specifically from the metaphysics of the forms, right? So mm-hmm. if you believe that, um, so do, do you believe in the premise of water as well? Do I believe in the premise of water? Is that the question? What no, is of, wet, wa- of water is wet, what you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay, so if you said um, this piece of paper is wet, right? Mm-hmm. It's participating in the form of wetness, right? Mm, I think it definitely has the quality of wetness. Yeah, so it participates in the form of wetness, right? Well, I would say that the quality of wetness is a consequence of uh, the form of water, right? Sure, what, whatever you want to call it. Then, okay, in that case, you could say it participates in the form of water, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I guess what you're asking is, if I take water, does it participate in the form of water, right? Uh, I'm saying if you take an individual molecule of water, does Uh it participate in the form of water as a whole? Yeah, well, it participates, it doesn't, it participates in the form of water as much as the whole. Because the no, molecule... but the whole, the whole makes things wet because there are more than one molecule from what I can tell, like... Is it just? But like are we qualifying the... the form of water as something that has the ability to make something wet, or are we qualifying it by something else? Um, I think, like when we have the individual molecule of water, we qualify it by the chemical formula. But we, when we say like something is wet, we mean that we have more, like a, a, enough of the molecules to have like created a sort of like a coating of water. That seems like it's coming from a much more physical standpoint than metaphysical. Yeah, I would say that... Um, no, that but he's talking really about analogous. the forms. The forms are the metaphysical thing. They're supposed to apply to the physical objects. His example was of paper. If paper is wet, then there is not just one molecule of water on it, probably. Well, this is, this is my argument. My argument is, if, if we have a piece of paper, right, and the paper is white, right, mm-hmm. it participates in the form of whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. If I cut off a piece of paper, a piece of that paper, now I have a portion of the whole of the piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. But that portion is just as white as the whole, meaning that it that p- part participates in the form just as much as the whole. It's a portion of the okay. whole. Okay, no, look, like portion. I. Yeah, I, I think we might you. you might have misunderstood what I was initially. No, no, look, saying. I agree with you in this specific case, but what I'm asking is, is that true when the quality is uh, because of the ag- aggregate of the individual uh, unit? I think that in that case, we would be applying the um, qu- 
quality onto the wrong form. We might be mm-hmm. classifying the wrong form here because I don't think that Plato or Plotinus spoke about anything molecular regarding water. And I'm just using the mm-hmm. examples that they give in the Aeneids. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, proposing Platonic realism, is that correct? Um, uh, not really. I'm, I'm just trying to debate on what the metaphysics of the forms truly are. Yeah, but like if your approach is of a Platonic origin, then it sounds like Platonic realism. Um, I, I was, I was, um, like other forms real. I was questioning popular interpretations of the Platonic mm-hmm. forms. I guess my question though is, in your in your opinion, are the forms real? In my opinion, there is the idea of the forms is just one form, a dynamic force field of potentiality. I do so believe you're saying in that, that the forms, as in like is, that idea, refers to a phenomenon, the form, which is real. Is that right? In my monistic belief, yes. And so the but, form would be the form of forms. Is that correct? The form of the one. Well, I yes, but the the one is what the form of unity. Is that what you mean? Um, I'm more saying that any kind of classification or label that can actualize is the result of one initial homogeneous substance. For example, mm-hmm. if we but when you at, say the one, the, that's not very descriptive, right? Oh yeah, I'm referring to the one as referenced directly by Plato in his works. I'm sorry, yeah, I, I like, just you I'm mean like an existential substrate. Um, I, I'm talking about a, a hypostasis, not a, a substrate. But uh, a hypostasis. Yeah, I, I'm. What I'm does trying that to, mean? Sorry. Um, it's not necessarily a, a substrate of reality, but um. You could call it the whatever you would consider atomic particles to be from the dude. It totally is. It is an existential substrate, an underlying reality or substance. That's an existential substrate. Um, I wouldn't even call it underlying. I would call it kind of that, more. That, of no, but that's what the definition. Like I just looked up the word you used. That's in the definition. Hypostasis. Yeah, you mean H Y P O S T A S I S. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. First yeah. of all, that's hypostasis. I like apologize. That word is, yeah. And second of all, like the second definition it gives, the philosophical definition says, an underlying reality or substance, as opposed to attributes or to that which lacks substance. But which article are you pulling this from? This is just the Google definition of it. Oh, I apologize. Um, I guess we're working very contextually over here. As these I mean, where, where did you get your definition? Sorry? Hello? Where did you get your definition, sorry? Um, Kevin J. Corrigan. I can uh, link like, you to his article. Happily. Look, I mean, uh, look, I'm, I've looked it up in a couple of different dictionaries at this point, and it's definitely still mm-hmm. like an essential or underlying component. Yeah, no, but no. Where, I, I would but consider where, but where the component uh, is like... I, I, I should clarify in that... Um, my studies distinguish between substrate and hypostases significantly. Well, what do you think the distinction is? Um, well, in Neoplatonism specifically, there are considered to be three hypostases, the soul, the intellect, and the one. These are considered, ah, to be, as you okay. said, these three underlying components. <clears throat> Substrates are then classified later as different components that are compiled within the hypostases. I and, mean, um, so um, like you can say that there are 
multiple substrates insofar as there are multiple levels, but the like most primary uh, substance of which everything is made, the one, that is technically speaking a substrate. Um, I'm I'm saying um, think about it like a rectangle and a square. The mm-hmm. the three hypostases are the the three bigs that Plotinus uses throughout his Aeneids. Yeah, but substrates just... that he classifies later, such as individualized souls, or the world soul, or the soul of the all, fall within the category of the hypostases as smaller categories within. They're like subgenres. You know what I mean? Look, I know what you're saying, but I think like it looks to me like um like there should only be from what I can tell um one hypo- hypostasis and then or hy- like you saying it is a plural, but it seems like there should only be one because what it says is an underlying reality or substance, right? Like one. Whereas when we look at substrate, um it says an underlying substance or layer, right? But underlying can be underlying any particular level, right? Whereas... Yeah, but we have to consider the context of which the Google definition is coming from. Plotinus specifically says that there are three hypostases: the soul. The yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's correct, right? You must accept that. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything is right or wrong. I'm purely talking about a very specific tradition which is why mm-hmm. I'm continuing but to attempt like, to say that um, all of my conversation is talking specifically within the context of Neoplatonism. As Nan no, was actually at, this discussion started with Nan asking me um, what I thought about my own metaphysical approach to the world. So mm-hmm. I was giving him my information on Neoplatonic yeah, no, look, view of the I'm form just, versus I'm a just... Platonic view. I wasn't really arguing whether or not these things are um, authentic or which definition is correct. I'm really I, I just mean, trying to present a worldview. Yes, but isn't it, look, isn't it implicit in the proposition that you hold your worldview that you think it's correct? Absolutely, but uh, I'm not trying to fit it into a, uh, any specific framework okay, of authority or but like I'm just during this I'm discussion. just like I'm purely, trying at- to, I'm purely trying to present it um as a scholar, not as a practitioner. Yeah, yeah. And I look, understand I, that my bias leaks in. I'm but, looking um, at like that, I'm therefore I have to contextualize words, right? the conversation. And I I'm do have to, to let- use I'm sorry. I'm just trying to use the words. I'm just trying to use the words you've used, right? So like when I look up in the dictionary these words you've used that I don't know, such as hypostasis, which is what the individual word is, the singular. Yes, sir. Right? Maybe, maybe it is hypostases if it's in plural, but I'm thinking I, about the I just pronounce it based off how my professor pronounces okay. it. To be honest with right. you, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Well, look, if it's, in, if it's in plural, it would make sense for it to be hypostases. Anyway, um, like it says an underlying reality or substance, right? But the fact that it says reality or substance would suggest to me that it is the underlying substance. Oh, well, the three hypostases in the Neoplatonic tradition are also encompassed within each other. For example, um, the intellect is born out of the one, and the soul yeah, so, is born out of so the then, So then we are saying there is just one hypostasis, which is the one, and that the others are um, he's consequential. Still- he still classifies the other two as hypostases. So as much as I like, I totally see what you're saying and I want to agree with it. It just, he like verbally disagrees with that just yeah, because but, he's like, probably question, just dude, about his but like, 
you know? Yeah, but like the question is about like whether or not the categorization is sufficient, right? And so like if we're like using two words. No, but that is the question when you're trying to communicate ideas, right? You're using um, words. That's not and insofar question. as like no, but like you are communicating, right? But if if I ignore his classification, right, then I'm presuming that I have an understanding of his beyond himself. No, 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 you're not. What you're doing is you're presuming that you have you like making the conclusion you have to make based on the what the words mean, as far as you can tell. Um I'm not sure about that because the words are also ultimately translations and the Aeneids yes. are incredibly contradictory. No, but Plotinus what I'm saying is that down, it's, it's, it's almost like um, the Aeneids are more like a diary because he constantly changes his minds on his metaphysics as he goes down and, mm -hmm. and throughout. Yeah, but, so, but look, the point that I'm making is just that like you're like putting it across in a specific way, which is that you're saying that there are three of this thing and then um, like further um, that's substrates what he later says, on. Yes. That's what he yeah, said. Yes, but what I'm saying is, like, when I'm looking at the word, that doesn't seem appropriate. Well, what I have to explain to you is that the word doesn't refer to a Neoplatonic context when you're reading it on Google, because the word has probably been used know, in I mean, a billion other works. And yeah, I mean, I'm reading, dude, I'm, reading the, like, the, I'm reading the philosophical definition, right? And then, like, yeah, on the right, I'm reading... spans such a massive... Breath yes, but look, it, it, on the right, I'll read to you what it says. It says, hypostasis is the underlying state or underlying substance and is the fundamental reality that supports all else. Yes. In Neoplatonism, the hypostasis of the soul, the intellect, and the one was addressed by Plotinus or whatever. That's right. In Christian, in Christian theology, a hypostasis is one of the three hypostases of the Trinity. So yes. it seems like... It seems like in Christian theology, the word is used in a plurality. But before that, it doesn't... Like, it says uh, hypostasis yeah. as an individual when it talks I'm going about Plotinus' work. If you check the um, the main... You will see, I just linked a JSTOR article on the three hypostases of Platonism by J.N. Findlay, 1975, that um, does claim that the Platonic hypostases existed as far as 500 B.C. I don't really think that that's what I'm talking about, though. Um, you said that the the idea of three hypostases was not brought up until a Christian theology. No, no, no. What I said was that. Look, that what I said. I mean, what you've done is you've linked me to an article which proposes that. Like, I would have to read quite a bit of it to tell you whether or not it actually does show that. Right? It seems like it's a lot more cited and researched and display um, the Google philosophy definition. Yes, but which doesn't just, really have no, but any look, Listen though. Listen though. Like when one listening. person writes a book when one person writes a book on something, they can basically draw the conclusions that seem appropriate to them and they can be wrong. Don't you think they're a little more peer reviewed than the Wikipedia definition you read to me? Google um, yes, but the, no, me. but the point that I'm in making case, is, if you are Honestly, giving such tough. authority to the definitions you've pulled no, up, no, but look, what I'm saying is, don't you listen, think that those definitions uh, have dude, less authority? What does the peer review don't do? You, think you should shift to the definition. Excuse that me, we can, wait, just for a yeah. sec. What does the peer review do in this situation? It allows us to see that other people who are accredited have have said this is something worth reading and considering as an yes. appropriate definition that doesn't now, mean that they think that it is appropriate they said that it's worth considering now 
there is an absence of that in the Wikipedia and Google definition. And because you've constantly just, gone back, well, um, excuse me one second, if you've constantly gone back to those definitions over and over and shown me those as the basis for talking about the hypostases, then if I'm showing you something that has a lot more review behind it, which you and I have both agreed to already, then how can you not now see that my claim of the three hypotheses is supported by something that we've both agreed to hold more authority than the definitions you vouch for? Um, no, I don't actually technically agree. You've given me like someone's opinion, and just because it's been peer reviewed doesn't mean that the peers agree with the use. It means that they think it's interesting. Like, there's no evidence that the peers who reviewed it all thought it was spot on. Of course, but they published. Yeah, so it I don't understand. It was so like, you don't no, publish. Regardless, what, what is your what is your um like issue with the issue, the ideas presented in general though? Because hypostasis is one word that means an underlying reality, and you can only have one of those. Okay, I said three hypotheses. You've given no I know proof what you can, said. You've I'm given saying, no like, proof that you can only have one of those. I've shown you an underlying reality. Can How That's can you have three underlying Google realities? Definition, my friend. No, it's a philosophy definition. On Google, Google's first result. Uh, there's it's, no citation. I'm sorry, wait a minute. Wait, there's no citation. Pretty sure Google is the most sophisticated search engine we've ever made. Can you give me the citation? I think JSTOR is a little more sophisticated. I mean, that's a relatively subjective analysis, right? So, like, one of the things that it says is that, uh, that in theological use, right, it meant sediment, and then later it meant something different, all right? And, like, the fact that you know, like the fact that I haven't read what this dude has said means that you're welcome to make all the claims about his work that you like, and I'm not really capable of telling you that they're not true. But what I'm telling you is, which is why I'm like, wondering why. But no, no, but listen, but listen, because I'm telling you that when a word has a definition, right? When a word, first of all, is a singular, and the definition of the singular includes the word, the word's underlying reality. Like deductively, there cannot be more than one of those. And so that for speaks it from a say, framework that speaks specifically to English for a phrase that was initially created in Greek. You couldn't possibly put that lens on unless you read the work. In I mean, actually, Greek. like You're I can see away the it's denotation and connotation. Dude, when we can, can keep in mind that definitions are human-made, dynamic, and constantly changing, we know cool. that they can easily be restrictive as they uh -huh. translate. So yeah, look, if you read this I in... Can... Go on, I'm sorry. Go yeah, on. look, like I can see the etymology right here, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't indicate that in any sense it should be plural. It doesn't indicate that. I'm sorry. Um, do you know uh, Greek philology or grammar? Well, I, yes, I've read ancient Greek philosophy. So okay, I know it's a very little hard. of the Greek philology. Okay, not all so of it. it would be very hard for you to say that this word exists in declensions outside of the singular tense. It's not really fair to say that this is a singular um, phrase when it's formed from two different phrases in Greek and can be I, declined what? as a plural. I'm sorry, wait a minute. You said it's not fair to say that it's singular because it's formed from two different phrases. Is that right? Because it can be declined outside of the singular in Greek and exists as a declined plural um, in the nominative. Just because people use something, 
just because people use something as a plural doesn't necessarily mean not it just should people be used using as a plural. something. It's a source that's definitely highly more cited than Google definition of hypotheses, which has literally no documentation that <sighs> I've been able to provide to me. And I'm sorry, All this right, conversation man. just is difficult to go on with if you can't really provide citations. If I can't, what, to, to other dictionaries apart from Google? I definitely can do that, man. No, not to other dictionaries apart from Google. I mean, why not? Why, why aren't dictionaries relevant? Are you saying that? Okay, what, why, okay, what if we sidestep this, right? What, what if we sidestep this? And I'd love we to. conclude that perhaps, perhaps the, the way it is currently in use in English does not match the English definition. But what, what is the... Can you describe the definition you are referring to? So as to clarify what you mean by what you say. Who are you asking? Are uh, you? Because then, because so then, like, even if it doesn't match the exact. Say, what I am trying okay. to say is that there are a plethora of definitions that exist, and utilizing one that um, covers a broad general context outside yeah. of the specifically Neoplatonic context yeah, yeah. is that, going that's to what be I'm trying to like sort of sidestep uninformative um, uh, when talking about it from the Neoplatonic context. So when we do yeah, do that's that, what, I'll say that's this. When that's I see three hypostases, that, right? I see it completely possible to have three underlying substances because they are existing within each other in so, microcosm. Yeah. So, so to clarify, what you mean by hypostases is, is underlying substance? Because then we can just sidestep the word in I'm general. Happy and just to, I'm I just don't understand why you would object to substrate then, because that's exactly what substrate means. What I was trying to say is, from the beginning, all I was trying to say is, substrate is a word when translated in the Aeneids, when, when people typically translate um, Plotinus into English, hypostases and substrate are you refer to as two different terms. So mm -hmm. they Why? have different connotations. Um, just for the functional framework of his metaphysics, they have two no, different like connotations. Asking, like, what, what is the functional distinction between the two, in your opinion? Um, size and divine authority in his eyes. I what? Would think so. Yeah. Can you explain a bit more to me? Um, yeah. I think that he believes that um, these substrates are born out of spontaneous inclination power, actualized events that occur, or scatterings so well, of patterns. So you're saying like a s substrate is something that emerges? Is that right? Um, it's what I believe he is saying. So, yeah, but is, I mean, it's your view as well, right? Um, I see it as a good guide point to my view. I was never really trying to as this is my view. I was really just trying to talk about it as this is what I've read about this guy and what he's saying. Okay. Um, it informs he, my view, absolutely. So, so then what would you say is the distinction between this and your view? Uh, I'm a lot more skeptical about the specifics. I don't know if there's exactly three substate straits. I don't know if they're necessarily the one intellect and soul. I don't know how much the forms apply. Like I'm I'm really unsure, man. I, I really couldn't tell you what the true nature of reality is because I'm just a mortal, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, my religious belief extends to the base conclusion that there is a homogenous substance that composes the entirety of existence okay that's, that's fair that's it um why do you yeah, call I that a religion that, that... and i apologize for um getting uh really irrational with you and
I'm really sorry. No, that's all good, man. I, but, I can uh, be quite um, disagreeable. It's yeah, okay. Especially it's when it comes to definitions. He has a habit of a... <laughs> it's yeah. okay. I, I'd love to talk to you about, you know, the uh, malleability of definition uh, later. But uh, mm -hmm. I, right now, I just want to apologize. I got a little... No, too you're early. good, man. I, I, I want to apologize as well. I was probably a bit too aggressive. Man, don't worry about it. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more in the days to come. <laughs> so um, why would you classify that belief as religious? Um... So I just want to clarify with my background a little bit. Um, I study religion and philosophy um, at Emory University in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in my senior year here. Uh, one thing I've learned and have learned in the learned in the academic. Sorry, you're breaking up a bit, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I heard like one uh, thing I've learned, but then nothing else. Oh, sorry. One thing I've learned um, in the context of the academic study of religion is. It's really hard to define something like religion because everyone tends to have their own definition of something like that, similar to words like culture. So um, by, by that, like you can see anything from Karl Marx's opiate of the masses to the Google definition, right? Um, all these definitions have different functions and different agendas because all of them are, at least in my opinion, man-made. Um, so when I say religious experience, I'm really, really talking about an individualized definition of religion. So for me, um, a religious experience is anything that's different, difficult to phenomenologically translate and transfer. So mm -hmm. let's say I perform an experiment using materials that has a result that is observable by other people and therefore replicable by other people, right? Um, mm -hmm. To me, if that's the entirety of it, it's not necessarily religious. If there is a factor or there are factors in that experiment that are not viewable by other people outside of the experiencer or experiencers, right? If it's something phenomenological, something that, let's say, an old woman sits down and has, says she claims she has tea with Jesus every Sunday, right? Let's say she claims that, and we can't see it, and to us, she's crazy. But in her eyes, the experience is something that a phenomenologist would probably classify as religious, because it's an experience that, um, we, that if we take her words to be believable, is something that she is experiencing for one reason or another, be it mental illness or true spirituality, that we cannot observe in terms of our own replication of that experience without we have, having we have, some like, sort of belief system. I mean, you know I, I mean? We have indirect access, like, so, like, would you say we have indirect access through the, like, description? Absolutely. So I believe in, like, uh, phenomenological magnitude. So I don't want to sound like a dick. I'll say... Uh, I believe in the idea that, like, we create the difference between water and holy water. I believe that um, when you go to a temple, like, a, even if you're not religious, you may feel some kind of difference in the atmosphere there outside, as compared to other areas. Uh, I believe in um, the triggering of these kind of religious invocations and inclinations. Could we call them mystical, not religious? Yes, absolutely. 
I would absolutely 100% agree because um, religious often has a stigma that is very Abrahamic and and like um, neglects a lot of the mystical traditions that are absolutely, honestly, a more fitting term in my eyes. Well, I am more comfortable with the term mystical than religious. All right. Um, personally, I just uh, have been using it because uh, it's a term that occurs in religious studies because unfortunately the uh, acad- academic world is too pompous to accept the term mystical studies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, but, so would you be would you like be, <laughs> when you say, when you say um, when we're talking about like um, a metaphysical idea where where we say that um, there is some metaphysical form, like you were saying before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and then like, we'll say the mystical traditions have intuitions of this. Would you agree with that? Of of uh, of the this one form. Yeah, this abstract, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, to, to me, yeah, to me, I see this concept of the one across different mystical traditions in Sufi Islam, Hasidic Judaism, uh, in uh, many forms of Buddhism, Hinduism, Vedic traditions, mm-hmm. and, uh, pre-Socratic philosophy, like Alexander, yep. you know, uh, you know, like, yes, absolutely. That's definitely so then, what I'm talking about. The question I want to pose to you is, is it possible that um, that one can be specified, right? That form that the intuitions are about can be specified to the degree where um, religious isn't appropriate. Is appropriate or isn't appropriate? Isn't appropriate. Um, I think that I think that I'm biased in me not seeing it that way, but I think that you could definitely talk to someone who presents the Big Bang Theory as uh, monistic, as a, as a, an example of the one actualizing in different forms. Um, but what if there's a more graceful explanation than that? A more graceful explanation than that? Mm-hmm. Um, then, like something like the Big Bang, is that what you mean? Well, <laughs> something more graceful than something like the Big Bang being the one actualizing itself again and again. Like um, one, like like uh, Nietzsche's eternal return, for example, is a good idea. For no, not not like a loop. More like, um, let's say, the eternal existence of everything that's possible. Like some grand atemporal structure. Oh, you're saying is there a version of that? that- no, I'm saying, like, religious. is it possible, yeah, is it possible mm-hmm. that, like, the one, that thing that yeah. we're talking about, the form of forms or whatever, is it possible mm-hmm. that that is just, like, a naturalistic, atemporal structure? Oh, absolutely. Um, yes, but, see, from the way I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, it's, its presence in human life is characterized by its transcendence of the human lens and therefore its mystical inclinations. Therefore, mm-hmm. I am 
inclined to categorize it as divine. You know what do I you mean? Think, do you think that it's possible that a better categorization is transcendent? Uh, I think transcendent is fitting. I prefer divine because I, of course. I feel is this it, is, intimacy. <clears throat> I feel this like first person intimacy. Mm -hmm. No, but the in question my... I'm asking is like, is it, is it possible that um, transcendent is a better word? And if it was, would you prefer to use the better word if you could come to your own conclusion on the matter? It is absolutely possible that transcendent is a better word. Um, I couldn't if, say If you not. decided that were true, would you uh -huh. want to change your language? Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. excellent. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Chris and um, Chris and I have I an idea have... for you, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's here's the here's the real version of what I briefly mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wait. Uh. One second. I was just wondering. So, InSync, why why did you ask me that? I'm just wondering. Oh, because like that's a that's a like critical part of like, um, the proper adjustment of your model. You know, like it's. It, oh, absolutely. You know, Chris and I have an idea about the thing we're talking about. And like, oh right. So, like, if we're gonna tell you about it, it's interesting yeah. to know that you have agreed already to change your terms if you are convinced. If, if you, yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of people yes. will. Um, I yeah, think most that, people are resistant. I think that all all knowledge we have is functional knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I encounter uh, a lens for this thing that I consider to be a truth already. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the analogy more of the fitting. Lens. That's I... If if yeah, I, I find like it to be, that's one Thanks, I use quite a bit. Yeah, it's great. Um, if if I find your lens for a truth we've already both seemingly agreed on uh, to be more fitting in its specifics, because I am unconvinced by any specific metaphysical um, framework for this, then I would have to say I'm happy to use yours. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'd love to hear. Yeah, I'd love to hear Chris give it a go first, because I'm usually the one who does. So, uh, you know, give me give me one, one second. Again, I'm sorry about the whole toxicity earlier. No, nah, dude, don't don't uh, even apologize. Okay. You're being very nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I, agree. I think we we have to be humble. Humility is the crux oh. of the wisdom. Oh, I definitely agree. Did you hear that death spell, yeah, Amiga? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Humility would only be a virtue on a moral theory. I don't agree with that. Humility is I an intellectual virtue. Yeah. Justify Humility that. allows you to accept the uh, uh, the perspective Mistakes from which you're looking at the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not always you're a more open to the nowhere, idea. The knower yeah. is the forever unknowing. You know, you're always in the process of knowing. Mm -hmm. And for and that's that's, that's, that's yeah. a very wise thing to say. Thanks, man. I mean, you can always hit him with the cliche. I know, <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> the basis no doubt, of our conversation. It's funny because I definitely think that Socrates was wrong to say that. It's not quite right. You know, like that's not the correct <laughs> phrasing. Yeah, it's just a again. It's like the idea to an extent. I'm, it's, you know, but he should be saying like, "I'm pretty sure I know nothing." 
It's yeah. poetic reductionism. It's poetic Claiming reductionism. It's not the same as humility. Simple as that. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. it is like the foundation for hum- the foundation for humility is like acknowledging your epistemological limitations as a subjective. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah and not, not even. Not I, I wouldn't necessarily say limitations so much as um, in the moment your position as the absorber of the information rather than the bestower. Like mm-hmm. we are forever the absorber. Yeah, I would definitely agree. So, um, Chris, are you ready? Oh, I don't really know where to begin. Um, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, we Sorry for like ranting so much. <laughs> no, you're all good, dude. Uh, uh, so things exist, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, uh, I'll start it I'll off, start but you're going to take the reasoning, all right? God, jeez. Okay. Okay, so, okay, so uh, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning like, when we're talking, like, about, like, we're talking about like things existing things or things existing not existing, things. either yeah. they exist either or they, they don't. Do we agree? agree? Um, so, kind of. I'm sorry. I mean, law of exclusion. <laughs> there, is, there is potential that it's a false dichotomy, but it seems likely that it's true based on the law of law, law of excluded middle, yeah. Yeah, I just... um. Okay, so like, there's either something or there's nothing. There's no other option. Um, it's just that like, guy, okay, don't be so arrogant. I, 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 I would well, have actually, to say there like, could be both. There could be something and there's nothing. either like, something or there's ways. nothing there's in, in time. Right. No, no, no. Um, Outside of time, in an ultimate sense, there is either something or there is nothing. Either something exists or nothing does. No need to. Be yeah, but here, here's my question. Um, is is your definition of um, nothing existing, uh, a space, um, like, is there no, no, any, no, is there, no, 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 so no, we, no. We're, we're limited by, yeah, we're, we're limited by only the ability to use the idea of nothing, but we're trying to sort of representatively use it as, as if it was nothing. Um, when you talk about it, I just, make it into something. Yes, yeah, that's I, exactly right. Like we we can we can just we can try and like describe a negative space yeah. using all things, like the lack of all things, and using using all of the things we can sort of create this negative space right. to abstractly see, describe when you using that, the abstract concept of negative space. Like it's when, when you talk about it's always going to be something that, when you discuss. Yeah, it, but, but when you talk yeah. about nothing, you actually turn it into um, its opposite. I think that unifying something and nothing has actually become identical. So here's um, here's I'm my. Here's my, here's my only, only issue with um, the law of excluded middle. Um, okay. Th- th- we speak on the idea of a dichotomy, like something and nothing, through the limits of our communicative ability of language and the huh? frameworks we impress onto the world around us. Uh, in my opinion, of course. And as a good. result, we are able to create dichotomies that may not necessarily hold in you know in uh, i think yeah the form outside of you're right it's outside of its linguistic because so the, doc, like the liars the Dama, come out, so have a look at nothing i mean look sorry. i'm not gonna say that's not look look i'm not gonna say that can't be true what i'm gonna say is let's just try for now and like we'll see how we do right so absolutely no no absolutely when you there's do, no reason. There's no reason for me. 
um, I'm sorry. Um, in sync. There's in sync. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to to not hear this theory out just because I have that viewpoint. But I just wanted to let you know. You know, I do already hold that viewpoint as a large result because of my own studies. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. But at least you're willing to explore. Yeah, I can put myself in that framework 100. percent Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to so, point out there's a contradiction here before you can even make this thought experiment work, though. Because when you say we have nothing, we have something. But every time we talk about nothing, we can find it. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Again, again. Yeah. It was a fundamental paradox. Dude, The idea of nothing is paradoxical, yes. Yeah, but we're... we're Death spell. We're fucking getting there. We're We're going to functionally... We're going to functionally continue with the language as if this is a logically coherent um, logos. Okay, I just wanted to yeah, point out it's not necessarily we... logically coherent because yeah. saying nothing saying or something. Thank you. But if they're, they're actually... Yeah, but they're saying but they're P or not P. But if they they're saying P themselves, or not P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you de- they defined off each other, then it becomes nothing and something. They're actually unified. Okay, but you understand that like when they're saying nothing or something, they're just using placeholder words to describe the basic formal yeah. logical language of we, P or not. We are P. forced to use yeah, we are forced to use yeah, the idea of nothing because yeah, you cannot discuss nothing that, itself. That, that makes nothing into something, so it's conceptually No, it's a, the idea of nothing. It's explicitly different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but any time you talk about nothing, it's only ever given as an idea. Yeah, but, yes, but as but long we're as using we explicitly that idea identify. Yep, as long as we explicitly identify that it is an idea, there's no problem with that. Right. But then that, that makes something, nothing into something, a.k.a. Dude, 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 no, dude, we're not saying nothing, not. we're saying the idea of nothing. Yeah. And just seriously, yeah. why don't you just be quiet for a bit? Well, just why not, just turning it into something. That's ah, what we've already... We've already established what you're saying, and we've already moved past it, is what you're trying to say. We agree that the idea of nothing is paradoxical. Right. Oh no, I, I, I know you're saying that, but I'm just saying you can't say, um, you know, excluded middle and stuff if you agree it's paradoxical. That's just there's, there's a what? But the excluded middle is not between the excluded middle is not between something and nothing. It's between something it and completely and depends on how the classical logic, because it's completely up to the practitioner of logic whether or not the law of excluded middle is paradoxical or not. Yeah, or maybe there are axioms that there are axioms that we get to that we get to follow based off our decision. So right now we're extending those axioms to include that yes, there's either something or nothing for the sake of this conversation. So we can follow this metaphysical framework. So that way we can like disregard this entire nothing of like uh, like issue. Why don't we just for now and refer to it as something or not something? Yeah. Yeah. So there's either something, something or not something. Mhm. Mhm. All right. So not something, right? What's that? To me? Well, yeah. Like do an analysis for me. Um. So present a variety of. Just give me your best analysis. The one you would go with if you had to choose. Um, the infinite possibility for continually unfold. That's a quote. Hmm. Um, the could space. You explain? Could you explain? So, um, 
in the space. So, like, let's say you're holding up your fingers. Like, you're holding mm-hmm. up two fingers, right? Like a peace sign, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, let's just say for the purpose of this thought experiment, you're in the vacuum of space. There's truly nothing in between your two fingers, right? No air, nothing, right? Or not something, right? Mm-hmm. That, in that, in in the area that is not being taken up by space, anything can fill that space. That is potential. Okay, well, I actually don't accept that. Okay, that's my view. I'm sorry? Could you explain how you get to that conclusion? Oh, sure. Um, It's definitely a very, um, again, a very monistic view, but um, it comes from this idea that... uh, I have a monistic view of logic. Okay, I mean, it, it comes. Let me let me clarify. It comes from a, a monistic view that I, I'll be wielding. Cause there's so many different monistic views, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say it's the idea that the space that has not yet been taken up will be or could be by anything. Mm-hmm. I have heard that one before, but then something. Yeah, because, like, let me put it to you this way, right? Like, insofar as there is a way for things to come about, right? Mm. There are mechanics. There's not nothing. There's not space. There are mechanics. And the space Um, is a complex of mechanics. That's – so can I just – can I read this – can I read this quote to you? For sure, man. For sure, man. Thanks. Um, So uh, I I won't read it just yet just because I just want to preface it by saying uh, this is Plotinus talking about um things being ensouled so he claims that like all things are ensouled like they're covered in soul right mm-hmm. that's what he's saying so just this part really fits to me and it really is correct that not all of soul belongs to anything since of course it is an essence but there is a soul which absolutely does not belong to anything and all those which do belong to anything become souls of things occasionally and incidentally. So it seems like almost like a cop-out on his end, but it seems like he's saying if something doesn't exist, like if a unicorn doesn't exist, right? If there is not something, that is just a space for something to, on occasion or incident, appear. It is mm-hmm. the potential for actual. It's like the field of possibility, you know. So, so what? What? Here's here's another idea. Why don't we extend that a little bit? Like, what if all things which could potentially exist do exist? Just for argument's sake. Yeah, maybe just not here. Yeah. Yeah. But in then general, there, all things which could exist do exist. Then there would be nothing that does not exist, right? Well, the, uh, yeah, exactly. All, uh, anything nothing, which is there a would thing be nothing exists. logically possible that wouldn't exist. That yes. Wouldn't exist, yes. Yeah, and, like, but if at it, the same, it's incoherent, incoherent, then it couldn't exist. But well, it could exist in your head. So, yeah, so here's like, the question. Some, here's the question: some, some, If it exists in your head, can it exist in the in the world? So there's a difference, there a difference between like something like being, something being uh, non-existent uh, and imaginary. Yeah. Like, if something's imaginary, like a unicorn, it's not correct to say that it doesn't exist. It's correct to say that it's not existent in any more... Like, in any... Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I it's would not definitely agree with the that. world outside your head. But, but, the, but there is definitely there some is definitely kind of structure that supports the thought process, process and that in, in that in, in structure, structure, there must be the idea. The ability to um, conceive it in the first place is... Yeah, the um, representation yeah, that, of is a remark is a marker of its existence in some form. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. there's, there's in some the form of structure too. I'm totally yeah, yeah. there with you. The only thing I'd say is, um, I would extend that to a like add some of that mystical connotation to it, some of that religious connotation to it by saying that that's all true, but we have limited information as to whether or not it could exist materially as well. Yes, it I depends on... You, so you would need so to know need if it can be, it can be uh, consistent, uh, consistent with, with the other things that, other things that exist. Yeah, but... And if you don't have um, that information, you don't know for sure. So what, 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 I'm, what I'm trying to say here is um, I, I strongly believe that... Uh, I, I, strong, I strongly believe that... Uh, the things that like the, the the metaphysics of the world are um at once ordered um destined chance uh incidental and occasional i feel like there can be a structure that is still completely incomprehensible to human beings to the degree that it appears nearly incidental you know what i mean I believe in um, inclination, and desire, and spontaneity in actualization rather than uh, um, uh, logically coherent. Or even though I find logic to be an incredibly efficient functional tool. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd love to know, like, to what know, you think like, logic, logic is exactly. Um. So let me ask you this: Do you think logic was discovered or invented? Uh, it was derived. Uh, it was derived. Okay, um, can you explain? So in a way, discovered. In a way, yeah, I guess observed more than like, anything. Like, okay, so in a way, discovery. Oh, I don't know. To me, to me, logic is one incredibly beautiful and effective framework that is a measurement which allows us to, like, it's a lens that allows us to mm-hmm. um, measure calculate and determine aspects of reality functionally in order for us to progress and make sense of it again okay how about how about how about, how about if i throw you a bifocal you a lens on that one okay right? so, right? so subjective well, logic subjective and objective logic, logic, are, different, logic are different right, right? Subjective, logic subjective logic is the system is the we system use to model the to consistencies of the natural, world, the natural world and the system and we the use system to update that model right Mm-hmm. Objective, logic objective logic is the structure, is the structure that actually that exists actually in the objective world that we are modeling we with are our modeling subjective with system. So I would have to argue that um, I, 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 I'm so against like the idea of an absolute truth that is calculable by humans. No, it's not calculable so, by not us. Epistemologically, epistemologically, we cannot access, we cannot access it. it. But, okay, so you're saying there is something. Yeah, the structure of reality structure is a certain reality, way, certain and, way. It, and it, that structure, structure is objective, is objective logic. logic, and all of our and subjective of our logical subjective models, 
are designed to model that structure because modeling it correctly allows us to survive and allows us to manifest scientific potency in the form of technology. So I would say that our modelings uh, allow us to survive, allow us to progress scientifically, absolutely, that they allow for a form of progress. I feel that it's kind of like painting on a canvas, though. Personally, I feel like it's uh, definitely derived from our observations and perceptions, but that it was it's one way to approach the world. I, I think that um, the idea of objectivity is an achievement of subjectivity, as Hegel has said before. Uh, I think that it's really cool that he thinks that um, subjectivity is an achievement of knowledge, and the only patterns of knowledge we can achieve are self-knowledge. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to just jump into another conversation altogether here, but um, to me, like, we can learn about our own interaction and place and um, ability to navigate through the world, but we cannot learn much more than that. And we learn it through others and through interaction and through yeah, but, observation yeah, but like, and experimentation. Like, but... Mm-hmm objectivity is achieved by our ability nope. to translate and share that information. Nope. 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 No? So what you're talking about is intersubjectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, objectivity, yes, objectivity is, is what is, is as it is, is independently of subjective conception, perception, or postulation. It is the world as it exists on its own. I think that the world as it exists on its own um, isn't something that we are necessarily uh, like. I, I think that we capture it in a way through. No, but uh, I'm not our, saying that we're logic. logic. Yeah, I'm but, not saying we're like um, representing it properly. What I'm saying is we know that there is such a thing, and it's not the same as intersubjectivity. Oh, okay, okay. So. Like the world is more true than our intersubjective opinion of it. I just also just, I, I just think to that, clarify, it, mm-hmm. uh, our entire like position is like abductive, so not is what? we can't like conclusively prove it. It's, like, it's based on abductive reasoning. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I think it's important to have that kind of conversation, but uh, I I I'm basically saying I don't know if there is an objective reality. I've no H- idea. How? Like, how? by definition of by objective, definition if, objective if, if the subjective thing objective exists at all exists and there's nothing objective, there's nothing objective, objective to it, it's, it's by objective, definition objective, objective, is it not? Um, well, by definition of subject and object, um, I don't want to get, like, super... Like, I, I just want to say, like, I promise I'm not trying to be... Um, like douchey sounding at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's so, good. Uh, so you know how in active voice, uh, you have the subject of a a, a word Could and the object of that? a word. You know how in um in in English, right? You have active voice and passive voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know how active voice would be like the boy threw the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the boy would be the subject and the ball is the object, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that the passive voice is the ball was thrown by the boy. 
Now, Mm -hmm. the ball is the subject and the boy is the object, right? Yep. Yep. So the difference between active and passive voice where you still have, where the subject and object are switching is that the boy remains the agent and the ball remains the patient. Are you sure? Yeah. That seems like a bit of a supposition. What do you mean by agent? By agent. Um, it's a sorry. It's a linguistic uh, um, classification. So no, it's no, the, I understand it's that. The, no, I understand that. Uh-huh. But like you're saying, so, like the the boy, boy has agency in both situations, right? The boy is the instrument of the action, and the ball no, is the no. is the thing that the action is being done to. I don't so agree. The both is, thing that the action is, being, the done action is being done to. Both of them both are, are subject to are their subject deterministic to the mechanics. Can you explain? Yeah, so like when the boy throws the ball, ball, it -hmm. is like like through the mechanics of his body that that action comes comes about. about. Yeah. Yeah, and so in the same way as when the boy throws the ball, ball, right, there is like a transfer of energy energy. and the ball starts to move. Right, when the boy moves, it is because all his parts must move according to the rules. Yeah, the, yeah. the action cannot be divorced from the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's no oh, specific so, like, agent. It's, agent. All just it's all just happening naturally. Happening naturally. I, I would agree with that philosophically, but I, I was just presenting a, a link so I could make an analogy. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, I think you're totally right. You can't really separate um, the action from the mechanic. I think that's true. But um, in terms of us talking about, like, um, the subjective versus the objective. What I was really trying to say is that, like, conceptions of objectivity are created from human beings, and we are subjective beings, you know? So for me, it's hard to be sure of an objective. Mm-hmm. You mean a world you know, like, external to your subjective, like, like Yeah, experience. I... I am absolutely and have throughout my life believed in an objective world, but, so, but so, uh, I have like, no certainties. Yeah, I think that's quite yeah, fair, but I think, but I think that, that uh, like the point I was trying to get across was that, was that if there's no environment, there's no environment objective, to you, objective to you and your subjective, and your subjective experience, experience is all that exists, all, then your subjective experience objectively exists. By definition, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Like, but um, it's impossible I feel... for there to not be some objective thing. Like you you cannot have the But then where but then where is the where is the distinction in your metaphysics? Um well basically we're saying that there just must be something objective for subjectivity to even be possible. Even just by the rules of the definition. Yes, by definition, yeah. So where does can you remind me how this came up? I'm sorry. Like in terms of your metaphysics. Um, I actually don't remember. Uh, Matt was saying something and then I like chimed in halfway through. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I agree with that. I agree. Like, uh, I just, when you had asked me, like, do I believe in an objective world? All I was saying is. You can't be certain. I can't be certain if there is one outside of my subjective experience. But if we're going to classify yes. my subjective experience as still including it, 
then categorically, it's a question that has no answer except yes. Yep, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, You're so supposed I guess to be doing, doing this crisp. crisp. Oh. Uh, um, so I guess. Uh, so I guess. Like, like if we agree that there, like uh, by definition, must be something, must be something like that, it's objective. That is objective. Whether that's, that whether is your that subjective is your experience subject. or some environment objective to you, objective to you. Would, you would you agree that to that exist, it must have some kind of structure? Can you say that again? I just zoned out for a second. Uh, so, uh, so even if uh, like uh, what is objective is either like the world uh, objective to you or perhaps you, even just your subjective, just experience, your subjective experience, experience for something to, for something to exist, exist would you agree that you it agree must have some kind of structure um now i need you to define what you mean by it having some um essentially that there's like for something to, for something to be able to exist, able to it, exist. Must it must have some kind of, kind of like properties, like properties or, like or like some some kind some of structure kind of for structure. you to even be trying to define, trying it. To define it. I have no even idea. Even if it's just a definition, even if it's just a definition or structure, like that, to be able to, to, be able to like make any claims about existence, you have to provide. Are you saying like it has to? It has to. Are you saying like there has to be some kind of coherence to it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I don't think so. Even if, it, but even if it's an incoherent construction, would there is still a structure there, right? So you're saying like there has to be something construct. Yeah, there there, there must yeah, be there like must be something some which exists, exists, and like us, I think that a fitting name for like the, the most fundamental most aspects of a thing would probably be structure. Structure. Uh, unless you have a better I just yeah. don't know what I just can't think of anything that isn't structured you know what I mean yeah, even that's, concepts that's sort of what, that's yeah. even yeah. concepts that's of the absence of structure even the concepts of the absence of structure involve structure yeah exactly yeah exactly and so like what so I'm trying like, to what illustrate what to an extent is that like like you in order to make order to any make claims any it's claim, not possible it's to not possible divorce them from structure like structure is a requirement to make any claim. Yeah, but uh, again, like these claims are categoric or categorically true. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, that's sort of where I'm sort of leading where that to. Is that like if 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 you must have some kind of structure, structure, like, structure like you, you must then sort of define, define how that structure, how structure functions in some way, whether that be like relative to other things or like some other aspect. Okay. And so, like, essentially what I'm saying is that, like, like, something exists, to exist, it must have some kind of structure, and, like, the most, like, straightforward one I can think of is that, like, the structure exists sort of relative to other structure, like, it leaves you without having to, like, strictly define it, but it still encapsulates the idea. I'm lost there. Um, um, so would you, so would you agree that, like, like structure, exists? structure exists? Um, I, I just, I still don't have a clear enough definition. 
you know, is a composition of already existing. I guess, like, I guess, like because like if the, you say um, something exists and then you say structure exists, it's kind of recursive, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, like they're sort of defined relative to one another in the way I'm using them, I suppose. Like, like, like to like, exist, to exist, something must have structure. Must have structure. To have structure, it must exist. Like it's sort of like a two-part thing that allows you to work with it a bit. Um, yeah, but it's also like, is that coherent? Like, to exist, something must have structure. If something have structure, it must exist. Like, um, it seems pretty. I'm not really sure what other positions you could like offer. Um, I just. I don't see any difference between structure and existence. They're the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a way of discussing that, like, it's almost two words for the same thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, structure and existence are interchangeable by this logical definition. Yeah, yeah, and um, like, like a equals b and b is a. Yeah, and and like one other like with way that you could sort of uh, like sort of try and add some consistency to that is sort of like a exists relative to b, b exists relative to a. Like it's sort of a way to uh, give some consistency to the, to the structure of existence. Versus saying a is b and b is a. Yeah. Yeah. Because like otherwise everything like would okay, be the so same thing. You're not saying they're interchangeable. You're saying they're codependent terms. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So existence and structure cannot cannot occur without each other. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. And um, like, oh, okay. so, but yeah. at the same time, structure has to be defined independently of existence for that to happen, for them to not be considered the same thing. Yes. So yes, I think so that what I would consider distinct is that. Distinct uh, Structure is one, like, half of... So, they're not, like, quite interchangeable. You need sort of a second half that qualifies structure a bit. Otherwise, it's a bit meaningless. And so I think that the bit I'm using to qualify structure is that any structure that exists must exist relative to any other structure that exists. And then that, that sort of qualifies existence a little bit more than just saying... It's but how can it qualify existence includes existence in its definition? You know, like, I, I don't mean to be... It, uh, it's, it's, like, it is... I, I just am... It is somewhat circular. Yeah, it is. It is circular, so, um... I just... It's hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around as a result. Yeah. You know, because it, it kind of is recursive. Yeah. But at the same so time, it sounds I'm like not sure it sounds like this. It sounds like it sounds like it sounds like this. There is like existence, right? There's yes. one premise. Exi- yeah, like existence is true. We will assume okay. truth. Is, like, existence exist equals existence true. Is true. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Structure equals relative compositions of ex- of extant things. Yes, 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 exactly. That, yes. that can only be extant in the presence of multiple compositions. Yes, so what, what the, the way I would sort of qualify that is, like, if, if like, essentially anything which can exist relative to other structure without sort of being contradictory to it or, like, 
So they sort of can sort of coexist, you know? Coexist, you know? So, like, what I'm hearing is, like, existence is true, um, but existence is true if existence is qualified by codependence of comp- composite arrangements and patterns. Um, yeah, I think that's um, yeah, I think a fair that's characterization. So, it sounds like you're saying, like, existence is true if there's an order to it. Uh, I mean, wouldn't probably, existence would say, true be an order to it? Yeah, like, because it's because, because like existence, existence in itself is the identity. The truth of existence alone is the, the disorder is by definition ordered if it's what exists. Like that, that's how you would define order if it's all that exists. Uh huh. Uh huh. I agree, and most philosophers that I have studied would agree that. Disorder is microcosmic in a macrocosmic order, uh, categorically. Kind of like what you're saying about the subjectivity. Objectivity. Yeah. Yeah. Am I am I on the right page here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just don't want to get lost. Um, what have I already explained? <laughs> Man, I'm so tired. Um, so yeah, yeah, good, this is fun. You guys are great. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, yeah, thank in, you. Man. In my defense, yeah, you, I have been awake I for been awake what is it? Ten p.m. I've been awake for thirty-six hours. It's seven a.m. where I am. I've been up all. <laughs> I've been okay. looking for what. Um. Go into a chat and talk about my research and share. You know, different lectures that I've recorded or made. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I didn't get to do that that tonight, but I got to share some work and I got to have some discussion. Uh, I got to have the ups and downs of a dialectic with you guys. You know, it was great. Mm-hmm. It's been great. No, are you leaving us? I'm here. I'm here for now. Like stalling it. Can't you wait Can't with your questions until, until the end? Until the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. We do not go away. Thank you. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm stalling it. Yeah, I'm stalling. I, I've forgotten what I've already said. Oh, God. Right, so I think what we ended up to was that, like, structure is an interdependent element of existence. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so, and like what you said, like what you said uh, about uh, existence about at the start of proposition was existence was true. true. That's not quite, that's not quite what, we are saying. what we are saying. Its existence is necessarily true. Yeah, because non-existence, non-existence in, in an attempt false. to you know, discuss it, 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 it's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. Mm. Wait, say that last part again about non-existence. Well, like, like a thing is not existing, at least from our reference frame, does not seem to make sense. Um, from your reference frame, it seems like things not existing can only occur, like that concept 
can only occur relative to the idea of if existence is true, meaning that yes. things yes. not being structured and things not existing only occur inside of the existence, aka like there are only holes in the fabric. There's nothing outside the fabric. Yeah, if if there are even holes at all. Yeah, I, I didn't think yeah, that there are. Hmm. Like I think that anything, anything do you think there are pores? Um, uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Uh, I mean, like, do you believe you in can, empty space? Empty space. I think you can just. I, I, I believe in, in, like, uh, like, uh, let's say, say. A vacuum, a of, vacuum space time. of space time. I don't believe, I don't believe in, in an ultimate absence. Ultimate absence. And, you, I think, yeah, so and I think that you, you believe in microcosmic like, voids, right? Um, uh, but it's not a void not a because void. they are mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is it like is, so, so? Like the void. Like the 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 the, 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 you, the, the what, what you look is what you see if you look between the things that exist. Exist. Yeah. Like there's these like spatial relations. It's the space between. Non-existence is still ordered by the rules of structure. Um, what was that, sorry? That, sorry? Um, what we would call the space in between, what we would call this vacuum, which I'm still, which I've been using the word non-existent for, it seems like, is still, it ex, like that non-existence is only possible and present <laughs> In the realm of an ordered existence, is that no? But it's not. Non-existence isn't possible or present anywhere. Non-existence is, by definition, non-existent. Um, I just, I don't know. I have trouble using. I have trouble with the word non. Okay, well, it's not a great one. Like, to say that there are, there is like a. A vacuum or like something. So vacuums or empty. Space. Space. No, let's use let's use the word absence. Absences of absences of. So let's just quickly look at absence between things. Is to assign some structure to absence and like that's not absence. Yes, exactly. What is there if we say? Look, if we say like something is absent, what we mean is there is an instance of relative absence, right? Something, something isn't where, isn't it, could where it could be. Yeah. Right? But what we mean is that it exists, it's just not here. Absence. Absence. That's like yeah, our so level level this. So my question yeah. is, yeah. does that mean does that mean that in those spots anything could be? No. No, no, no. So let me get to it. So let me get to it. That those spots okay. aren't there as far as I can tell. They're imaginary. Okay, so like wow. absence, because just like, okay, so well, by defining them, we have, giving them structure. We have like we have uh, relative absence, absence, and so then we can make like the make, like, inference to uh, like uh, general like absence. General but what we have is, of course, have is the, idea of, the idea of general absence. <laughs> and that idea is contradictory insofar as the idea, insofar insofar the idea is not absent. Okay. That there is an idea, is an idea. Is a contradiction, yeah, contradiction of absence. The idea is present. The idea is present. Mm -hmm. 
So the so idea of the absence idea is contradictory. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying so those we're saying absences, those you're, absences talking about, you're talking about can't manifest can't ever manifest because ever they're completely contradictory and the only where the only place that they can like try to manifest is in your imagination and, and if it if it did manifest it would by definition not be absent can i link you guys can i share a pdf with you guys of course of course it's heidegger on nothingness mm-hmm. and on nothing and he says something that just sounds a lot like what you guys are saying well, uh, it's not a phenomenological analysis that we're performing. Okay. <coughs> no, but Heidegger does the same Heidegger argument the same that argument. when you talk about nothingness, you turn nothing it into something. So it's, yes, it's but it's not quite yeah, the same argument. argument. Exactly. So I guess yeah. I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I'll get around to those and turn it into something. This, yeah, oh, I can oh, sort I of can explain it to an extent. So I have, I see sort of three forms of nothing as like kind of contradictory as that sounds. Um, so first you have like a relative nothing. So for example, like there is a thing and that thing is not present. So like a specific instinct of something not being there. Like the thing would have to exist for it to be missing. It's just that it's not currently in that position, you know? Like it's, it's like a relative. It, 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 the nothing is relative the nothing to is the relative thing to existing. existing. And then if you then sort of expand, you expand upon that principle and apply it to all things, then it is the absence of all things, and then you end up with the idea of nothing. And that is the, that the, is the self-contradictory, self-contradictory broken <laughs> idea that just you right. can't really make sense of because right. it's but then if you need to try and make sense of it is to mischaracterize it. Something and nothing together so you can contrast them. Then you need something that contains both something and nothing as one. And every time you talk, this is what Heidegger talked about. So every time, again, every time we define any description of nothing, you turn it into what it's not. So we actually make it to its opposite. So even though that's why starting with something because you can't have nothing, Actually, dude, turn something dude, into nothing. Dude, so you do dude, can, can, I, can I clarify the last bit that I will We're explain? very We're familiar with the argument. So, so, so because the idea of nothing is apparently Can you stop talking, you stop talking man? man? I'm about to. I'm about to explain. So, so, like, we, yes, I 100% agree. We can only ever interact with the idea of nothing, which exists relative to something, because it is in instantiation, not something. Like by definition, that's how it is instantiated. But that's the idea of nothing, and of course, like any attempts to communicate or work with it in any way is right. not going to work. Like, right, but then, so that's why yeah. I have a a flag, right? So th- it's not it's not actually a thing because that would again instantiate the idea of nothing. But I have a flag which I, I've called primal nothing, and that signifies the concept that we cannot that we cannot talk about. Because it does just, not exist. You just, talk, you just talked about it. No, I, I, I just told you about the Dude, flag. Which that's by, by telling that's you about the flag, instantiates the idea of nothing. I'm, I'm referring to the flag. The flag is not referring to anything. Mm-hmm. So, Deathspell, is it possible, Deathspell, is it possible you can keep your interjections until the end, man? Uh, well, it, it, but he wanted to discuss with me. So it's I mean, like, we're trying to talk to Dharma. He's going to leave soon. I know, but I was just backing up his backing claim about Heidegger. Yeah, I just yeah, don't... I don't know, but, that's about... Well, I, I appreciate it, but uh, what what's going on here basically is 
Nano was asking me about a viewpoint I had. Um, I gave it, InSync showed up somewhat in between. There was some miscommunication on my end, and we got into a bit of an argument. What the initial uh, trigger for all this was, I wanted to hear what Nano's metaphysics was. Him and InSync have yeah. come up with their own um, explanation that uh, though we could sit here and point the holes in it all day, it makes more sense to actually first. Like, we wouldn't really be, like, when you read Aristotle, you don't just go attacking his ideas on the without reading the rest of his work after you read two sentences. So it's best oh, no, if we just... Said, hear, yeah, that's okay. It's but, best if... But I have, I have, it's I best have if we hear everything they're saying. Yeah, no, I'm just saying I already have read it. I have no idea what their um, metaphysics is, and I would think... I would appreciate it. consideration and um, the general principle of charity if you would allow them to continue... I say so I can achieve that same understanding you have and then we can all talk on an equal platform because right now I'm very far behind. And thank you in advance for, you know, refraining until these guys continue. And I apologize as well for my own. Um, no, I, I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Distraction. Of course. So please, uh, please yeah, continue. Uh, yeah. That's all right. Yeah, uh, so all I did is just start from a principle. I just, I was, all I was is just pointing out. Yeah, we got it. Man. We want to start from this principle, but it's, it's technically contradictory. So that's we, we, got it. we got it. That's okay. I, I, I hear, you. I hear you, Deathsweat. Um, just by this general principle of charity, uh, that I do ascribe to, that I would ask you to respect. Um, if you do have respect for other people's, you know, beliefs yeah. or principles, uh, that would mean a lot to me. If we just hear the whole thing before we do say it's contradictory. Uh, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't have enough information. I'd like to catch up. That's all. Yeah, so, yeah, so I have this flag, which I've called primal nothing, to signify a concept which does not exist and thus cannot be talked about. And so, like, you can, you can try and abstractly, uh, like try and gain like a, a somewhat of an intuition by applying the idea of nothing and like sort of, although it is contradictory, uh, use, use the idea of nothing. Like, you, so the way the idea of nothing kind of works is it takes all of the things which exist and like inverts them to sort of create a negative image of like, like it creates a negative space between all of the things when we try and to describe Nothing. So that's and a metaphor, so, like, right? Yeah, it's, it's a metaphor, it's definitely. Like, the, ne the negative space clear. itself doesn't exist, but uh, we, we can attach But negative this... space is a good way to describe it, right? Yeah, yeah, because, it, it, like, negative space is in itself an abstract concept that I'm using to describe, like, another abstraction, but it's, it's the best I can get to try and, like, intuit my point across, I guess. Yep, no, that makes sense to me. I was just wanting to be clear that it was a metaphor. Yeah. And so, uh, we're not saying that uh, something exists relative to nothing, which I agree that like doesn't like it doesn't make sense because that uh, sort of implies that nothing is a thing. Which yeah, I I can see your contention there. But what we are actually saying is that something exists relative to something, 
and so so like for for a thing to be said to exist it has to have some kind of structure and that structure exists relative to the structure of the other things that exist does that sort of are you able to follow that follow that yeah 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 i i got that yeah um and yeah essentially where we follow it with this is that like uh you can like perform this kind of reduction on basically anything like any any foundational position can be reduced to this position but as far as we can tell this cannot really be reduced any further Like, Unless, of course, you think you can get it further down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love that. That would be awesome, man. I know, right? If, if, I, think I, can get, if I think I can get what further down? If you think you can uh, reduce like, to more fundamental assumptions. Um, like, it seems like, like what's being and... said is this. Um, the very usage of nothing is a relative construction. So... Uh -huh. Any claims to its contradictory nature arise purely from its um, syntactic and uh, semantic presence. It purely yes, shows yes, up yes, as a yes, linguistic it, it, inconvenience like, and limitation yeah. of language. When really all we're trying to, when yeah, we're the all trying to inherently misrepresents itself. Sorry, Dom. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Dom. No problem. No problem. Uh, it's no worries. It it seems like. Wow, what y'all what y'all are saying here? Existence is interdependent interdependent on uh, a relative correlative structure, and the conceptions of anything um, outside or abstaining from this are. Ah, uh, what? Sorry. What was the last bit? Hello? Hello, I'm sorry. Yeah, It seems like you're saying, like, things are extant, right? Existence is true, right? Mm. Yes. Yes, but it's not quite that. So, like, you were very close on your first count. Um, it's not, um, I think you said correlative. It's consistency. That's specifically the relationship. Uh -huh. Like it's not just a correlation. It's like the like principle of things relating consistently. That's the structure. And then, okay, it's not so just instead of structure, so don't kill me. Don't kill me. But instead of structure, do you want to say hypostasis? What I'm gonna say is I'm gonna say logic, as in logic in the general sense, which is any type of structure. Logos. And in this sense, no, because logos has connotations I don't mean. Right? Logic is like an abstract structure. Right? Right. You use a set of logic to interpret something, but like in so far as like. So yeah, a system. kind of, yeah, kind but more like but more the like rules of a system. Yeah, like it's so this, an order. It's the rules you use to um, yeah, order. Stuff. I'll accept that. Okay, so we're saying that logic is the is... order of reality. Uh -huh. So okay, so um, we're saying that this word logic refers mm -hmm. to 
the consistent the order that is necessary. It is yeah. the necessary condition. Yes. And like yes. That, that, that does not necessarily mean like our, our uh, classical definitions of logic, like the rules of thought and such. It, yeah, it, no, I understand. I understand. A logic. You're saying A logic. Well, technically, I'm saying V logic. Okay, but like, um, okay, but like, I meant, um, it is not not classical logic. Well, I think classical logic was derived to be in line with it. That's why reasoning is effective. Okay, and that is why you use the word as representation Yes. Or that thematic consistency. Okay. Exactly. And because, like, when we say, like, we're using logic to analyze the world, it presupposes that the world has a logical structure. And, like, in some sense it does. But the thing is that the relationship between the logical structure of the world and the logical structure of the mind is, like, a superordinate to subordinate where the logical structure of the world is in the actual structure of the way things are, the consistent consistent relationships that exist exist and the rules that make them up. um, are like, are like the more fundamental, more fundamental and then like and then, the subjective, like the subjective models, we models we have of them are based, uh, off, based the, off that, that um, superordinate, superordinate structure. Okay, so what I'll say is I believe that we have the ability to glean information without utilizing structures that we currently consider logical because mm-hmm. our own derived logical systems may not currently accommodate the logic, the logic. Therefore, I believe that things that people may consider a-logical or outside of traditional realms of derived logic, such as certain phenomena, religious or mystical experiences, mm-hmm. are able to give us information the logic while not appearing as classically derived iterations at the current Mm. moment in time. But what if what we said was, as we said before, before, that mystical mystical, uh, experiences uh, involve intuitions intuitions of the transcendent? Um, I would absolutely agree with that. So then what if I say say uh, that classical logic can reduce reduce intuitions of the transcendent transcendent into a transcendental basis for reality? Um... I would say that hasn't been done yet. Oh, well, but that's what we're saying we might have done. How? Potentially. Well, by applying it to the basis of reality, as we see it. As we see it. I think that the, the only problem and the only foothold that Deathspell had in the little words I heard from him is, as stated before, that we have this sort of linguistic limitation in the explanation and that um, as a result, we kind of have, we kind of have this level of restriction in explanation that Mm. is transcended by experiential. Give me one sec. Is it true that that's necessarily the case or is it just something you're saying is probably true? I believe that this is currently the case. I believe that this is currently the case. No, but do you believe, believe that, that, that is, like, certain, or do you believe it's probable? That, um, like... That it's actually the case, and not just certainly, and not just currently the case, sir. I don't believe anything is actually... I know that sounds... Oh, slow, something has to be actually the case. I, I, I swear, like, I swear that's... 
as I said, about humility. Uh, I'm so sorry. Hello? You cut out. Like, I know it sounds like a cop-out, and I'm sorry. I'm telling you, my firmest belief is that we don't have actual knowledge on anything. Yeah, I agree with that, but the point is, maybe we can get an accurate model anyway. That's what Um, science is, right? Yeah, I think it's, we can get, we, we, it's like a parabola, you know? Um, yeah, but maybe, yeah, but maybe even, even though even we can't though we check, can't check the, knowledge, the knowledge, yeah, maybe uh-huh. we can get a model that's actually correct. Yes, I do believe, but, but, but I believe that that model is verifiable by experiential knowledge. By well, it's verifiable by reasoning, but it's not, it's I, not. Like, here's what, you, here's what I'm saying. I think. Here's what I'm saying. Is that, like, intuitions of the transcendent, perhaps they can perhaps be, they can um, be reductively, collapsed reductively collapsed into a rational, into a rational understanding of the transcendent. Well, I think that the entire, um, like, category of the transcendent, uh, like, forces it to be such that it is not reducible into rational principles because oh, it is, is that necessarily true um in my definition of the phrases transcendent or mystical as we use them no, but um, transcendent is a bit they are outside of the realm of uh human reasoning and no i don't accept our explanation okay yeah, well that's that. my uh that's how i see it i okay I, well, let's I'm talk about what transcendent means right Okay. It means like it something, means which, like is something which is beyond, beyond everything, everything you know. know. Yes. But it doesn't mean it that doesn't it is mean in, principle in principle beyond what beyond you could what know. Yes, but but what you could explain in in words. So like yes. um no, but like transcendent, right? I just pulled up um, and I, I, I don't mean to do this, do this in the in the antagonistic way it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pulled up, you know, just a simple definition of transcendent as well, right? Yep. So yep. one of them says, um, of God, existing apart from and not subject limitations of the material universe. So sorry, you're, way, you're lagging a bit, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One of the definitions says existing apart from. And not subject to the limitations of the of the material universe. Um, yes. In scholastic philosophy, higher than or not included in Aristotle's ten categories. In Kantian philosophy, not realizable experience. Mm-hmm. So what what I see in the words. So of I the, don't agree with the Kantian philosophy definition. Okay, me neither. I believe it is realizable in experience. I don't believe. Well, I, when I mean is, when I say realizable in experience, I mean realizable in abstract reason. I believe that the reasoning we would use would it exists apart from not. So I said that again. It says. So like the definition apart existing apart from and not subject to. To me, that um, yeah, but no, but reason. There, to me, that listen, includes there, reason. There. Yeah, no, but listen so, there. there. What what the mm-hmm. material what universe material means universe is physics, physics, right? And I'm saying, and that, I'm saying that like, like it is transcendent beyond, beyond physics, yeah. yeah. But then it's transcendent to me. It's also transcendent beyond reason. No, no, but it's it's, it's trans- absolute. Rational. Listen, 
it, it isn't transrational though because the laws of rationality were derived from the laws of the transcendent truth dharma dharma but we don't know the laws of can i clarify what may but be a the, the laws of the transcendent we do though because if you look around your environment the universe has order and maybe if we look very closely at the order we can figure out what the primary principles are but we dharma. cannot measure it is what i'm saying but we don't have to measure it all we have yeah, to do well, is make it. that's why that's why it's an abductive argument. but i think what dharma is saying yeah, yeah so so if you derive it all it, what it, i'm saying it, is that requires system. you still need to experience therefore it requires some level of faith or belief uh, uh you know some kind of uh some kind of motivation on your to say yes this is true because i have found it to be accurate and aligned with rationality even if it isn't testable it's something experienceable that to me is what i defined as religious earlier saying something that's experienceable and realizable without necessarily being observably translatable and measurable so i would still well, use the like, i would accept that as a as a mystical experience, but the point is that I'm saying maybe a mystical experience can be reductively collapsed, and we haven't figured out how yet. To me, that goes against my own. So I said that again. That it, to me, that goes against my own personal definitions of mystical experiences as strictly being above those reductibilities. But maybe. You know, well, that's, I guess you know, for me, it sort of comes down to like a almost a pragmatic argument as to why you would sort of try and strive for something like this because, like, it's a, if you don't really have the idea that, that like something can be understood, then like you can't really even take a first step. Like, you sort of need to assume that understanding it itself may be possible. I believe there are functions. I believe. We may not be able to test this, but we may able be able to do it in a way where, like, I, I don't believe we can find the entire... No, but there is a test. Here's the thing. There is a test. Is a test. The, test is, the test is, I tell you, like, the reasoning, and you tell me if you hear a mistake, and then at the end, if you haven't heard a mistake, and you agree with me that it explains what I think it does, then we tested it. But there's still, what I'm trying to say is there are still elements that are not being captured by our discussion that are included. Uh, with yeah, but let's try like, really where? hard. No, 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 where, no, no where? yeah, let's just try really hard. Let's assume that it's true. Describe them. So I think that the thing is like we have to make these kind of jumps in fitting it. And in doing that, I follow you and agree with you off of belief and faith and inclination rather than like the re the reason why we can jump and make solutions is because there's something more than just rationality that is that is at play here you know there's something more than strict logic at play here there's some kind of generosity being given in our agreement you know what i mean um, I you know, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat yourself. Sorry. Sorry, you said you were going to ask me to repeat it? Yeah, yeah. Is that what, what you said? You repeat yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. 
what I'm saying is like in saying like let's assume and um we could do it and what if you know these philosophical inclinations we're making suggestions we're making involve the rationality of the logical conclusions we've made and the following we've made, but mm-hmm. there are jumps there are, Where are the followings jumps? There. well, think about um us having to classify um the conditions of nothingness and non-existence surpass the linguistic barrier. Yes, so the question is, let's have a look at that definition then. Do you disagree with it? Because I'm saying like nothingness is an absolute absence. That's the definition. I've checked. Uh-huh. Well, what I'm saying is like I do definition value. Um, everyone makes, like everyone has different definitions, you know? And like which definitions are considered real are based on ideas of so I just I don't feel like there is an absolute. No, but I'm saying like let's try to agree on the definitions and maybe we can get somewhere. Um, right. So the yeah, question is, so do you I, have a problem with the definition I'm using? No, 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 no. I I agreed with everything you're saying except the idea that we can capture the whole of the of the logic with a system that can be said in words. No, because the there thing. are things. Like, you can't like contest that fairly though, right? Because you don't have evidence that we can't. I'm saying we don't. We don't have evidence for. No, but I'm saying I think I have evidence that we can. Right. So like, it's not really a fair way to dismiss the argument. To say like you don't agree that we can capture. Why don't you just give us the benefit of the doubt and we'll keep walking through it? What I'm saying is I can. What I'm saying is I can agree. Giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying is like participating in something transrational. Look, uh, what I'm That's saying what I'm is what I'm it's saying. not necessarily transrational. transrational. What? Sorry. I'm saying I'm saying it's not necessarily transrational. There's our definitional No, but here's what I'm saying. It's like, why don't you give us the benefit of the doubt and we'll walk through it and if there are leaks, if there are definitions you don't accept. Well giving you the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm saying give no, us the benefit of the doubt for now, so that, that we can continue leap. to. No, no, I'm not no, no, saying use that as the end conclusion. Yeah. I'm saying give us the benefit of the doubt. Assume that maybe it can be described in language, and tell me if you can tell me how I'm not doing it. Well, okay, because if it's true, my problem, my problem here, my only problem. In my mere definition of dental, I mean, I'm this transcendent, and this my mere definition. I'm really sorry, man. I just can you hear me? Is you do you have um do you have like automatically detect voice turned on? Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not very good. You have to turn off the automatically determined bit. Um. Like, what I'm trying to say is... Okay, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so hear me out for a Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, if you're saying, if I give you the benefit of the doubt, and then you show me, like, through later logical conclusions that you do reduce it to language, Mm -hmm. will that, can that possibly change my mind Mm -hmm. of it not being reducible to language? So I'm Mm -hmm. saying that my mere definitions of the mystical experience and the transcendent nature and transrationality say that these things cannot be reduced to language as a res- or any kind of like 
human translatability that isn't experiential in like terms of like specifically mind related because of that definition i personally hold which i agree to be a belief if i i i, I categorically cannot give you a reason why it doesn't fit except for vaguely saying I can't explain it because my very definition says that it's out, outside of the realm of my ex explanation of it to you. You know, it's categorically outside of the realm of explanation. So we would have to use a different word besides mystical in that case. Or transcendent. So um, what would be the like justification for using a different word? Sorry. Huh? So, Sorry, like, we're so... talking about, like, not using the word transcendent, right? But, like, I thought that we agreed before that if we could arrive at the conclusion that there was a better word than the words that you were using, that you would agree to change your words, right? Yeah, I would, but um, transcendent is still a word that fits the idea that it cannot fit into a human lens because it is transcendent of it. It is be it is not limited to it. So anything we do in attempt to reduce it into our limits will fail automatically, categorically, denotationally. So we would so yes, we can still strive to find that other word, but transcendent is not it. That's the conclusion. I'm How do you know that. for sure though? Oh, just purely by my denotation of transcendence. I'm basically asking if we can use a different word. Okay. Um, what's your different word there? It uh, we have to find it together in our exploration of this of this. Okay, theory. fair enough. So let's keep let's keep walking through it and functionally use transcendent as if we do give the benefit of the doubt that it can be reduced. Keep moving and keep in mind throughout it that it will help us. It'll at least help me with my current denotation of transcendence if we do replace it at the end of the day while functionally agreeing this is possible. Is that is that agreeable? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Keep on going, my friends. All right. Did you want to keep going or did you, you know, want to change over, Chris? Um, I'm like, I need to sleep, honestly. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably right. listen in. I might chip in a bit, but... Yeah, mm -hmm. I need to sleep. Like, yeah. So, like, like several days. What we're talking about is like um, an abductive explanation leading us to, um, like what we would say are the fundamental actions of reality, and then a deductive argument to get from there to here. If you know what I mean by that. Yeah. A deductive argument to bridge the gaps following the uh, introduction, which is abduct. Just the one gap, the gap from the basis of reality to this specific system. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, basically, we're starting with, like, Descartes' reasoning. Do you accept Descartes' reasoning? Um, I shake things up, therefore. I doubt, therefore, I think... Therefore, I am. Thus, I exist. Do you accept that line of reasoning? Um, not really. Why not, not from the Cartesian sense. 
only because Descartes doubles back on it later and uses it as an explanation to say. No, but I'm not asking. Yeah, I'm not asking about that. I'm just asking, like, do you think that that what do you think the conclusion does not follow? Um, I think therefore I am. Uh, I doubt. Uh, Therefore, I I think. Therefore, I am. I mean, it's just important to keep in mind the context in which Descartes said this, right? Because Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, analyzing the statement, right? I doubt, therefore I think, therefore I am, right? So the first proposition is about expressing doubt, right? And the argument is something like, well, you're supposed to doubt everything, right? And so that's the thing that you are doing, I doubt, right? And then you say... So, like, in order to doubt, I have to be thinking because doubting is a part of a thinking process, right? And then if you're thinking, you can conclude that you exist, right? Do you, are you, do you genuinely dissent from that? Do you believe you don't exist? Um, I am constantly struggling with this, uh, with this train of thought because... I do find a lot of merit in philosophies of emptiness and ideas of uh, an empty self and the lack of self or Mm -hmm. anatman. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I do think that uh, this is a conclusion I can follow, but one that I don't um, follow as an absolute. You know, okay, but like, does it divorce that from structure though? Oh, are you saying like, is it syntactically solid to me? I'm asking, does it necessarily follow? Um, depending on definitions of self, yes. Okay, you have so to, I'm going you to have take to, those three, yes. You have to qualify definitions of self, of existence, and of uh, thought, you know, in order to um, have it follow. I mean, it, the, the word self isn't used. The I is used. No, I know. I, I, meant, I meant I. Okay. So, like... I is the thinking subject that is described in the second proposition, don't you think? Yes. Yes, so we agree about that. What were the other two definitions you wanted me to clarify? So the argument may be in that, do we think? Are we autonomous beings? You know, are we autonomous beings or are we playing out a public mm-hmm. role? Or are we um, empty illusions? You know, are we figments of a dream? You know, there are all these possible uh, questions that can be posed in the overall metaphysic. Yes, well, I would say, but like... they all seem like things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they doesn't necessarily mean that they are... Okay, that's fair. Thinking. That's fair. genuinely a fair call. Um, but look... Um, and, like, I... So, what do you just clarify? I hope uh, I'm not coming um, off as... Um, I hope I'm not coming off as uh, antagonistic or... Um, overly no, critical. No, 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 I, no, no, no. I, I just want to give you guys, I just want to continue to give my lens as we talk through it because as I receive your lens, I want you to see that um, I have to um, I have to move out of the philosophies I hold to follow yours and present mm-hmm. mine so you know where I'm traveling mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. You know? Chris, that way... Chris. That way, whenever you may hear any points I make, you know where I'm coming from to a degree, and then you will be able to follow me as I'm following you. You know what I mean? Chris. Chris. Yep. 
if this guy thinks he's being disagreeable, I must be the biggest asshole in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been extremely, extremely, uh, uh, what's the word? Where you where you cooperate that we hope and like you uh, engage. Cooperative. Okay, word. Thank I you. Guess. I mean, I just I see even if um, there is disagreement in our beliefs, I want to be able to coherently follow your opinions and your yeah. Um, yeah. logic and your uh, uh, deductions and your uh, conclusions. You know, even uh, if at the end of the day I say. I don't think that's true. I can still say, I know how you got there and I respect you. And I just want to be able to do that for you. And I want that to be able to be done for me. You know, I'm here for yeah. that. Yeah. I, I have a question about uh, your, uh, the like sort of empty self viewpoint. Would, would that be uh, sort of like fair to describe it as uh, like existence is false to an extent? Um, it's, it's kind of described as like, I think that a lot of people would say that. I think I would say it like this mode of existence that we currently experience may not necessarily be an accurate model for our interpretations of the world because we only have such a small lens and view of what existence is. Therefore, we may not have any ability to even qualify a state of existence in the first place. Therefore, it may not even be fair to call myself an agent or an I or a subject or a thinking. Doesn't that's that, exactly you know what I mean? right. Doesn't that always presuppose some kind of existence, though? Um. So my yeah, version like, does. At the very my least, version does. Saying, yes, but, the version but, the version I stretched out definitely presupposes some kind of existence. Doesn't doesn't but, everybody's version do that? Yes, I I, I mean I, I think so, but I think it presupposes a like kind for, of instance, for instance that is outside say, of the say, grasp. It's outside of the grasp of our understanding. Yeah, but look, entirely. if you say like reality is an illusion. You're saying an illusion exists. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, and I don't but see I'm a way around that. that. I'm, I'm saying that I would expand that belief to reality is a concept that is completely incomprehensible in its entire form to humans. Well, that's a that proposition. That is one position. mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would probably take exactly the opposite position, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I can I can definitely see that from our conversation, but that doesn't mean I don't want to hear this, and that doesn't mean either of our minds can't change, and it doesn't mean there aren't compromises to be made, because in terms of at least our discussion of definitions, uh, I've been really happy with this conversation, and I've been really happy with the Dude, way this is going. I love your attitude, like 10 out of 10 debate. 10 debate. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, like, it's not about... Um, who to me it's not about like is your position valid it's is your position something I can follow is it something I can put my shoe I can fit sit in it is it something I can say this is true and I, I I feel it's true and is it something that I can say hey even if I don't think it's true I know why you do and if I can mm -hmm. we've been we've had this you've successfully communicated to me I think that's the correct um, mode of, of uh, interaction for this kind of discussion. I think that's very respectable. Thank you, man. Thank you. And I, you know, like, I know I can expect the same from you guys. I can tell, you know. Um, so I don't actually remember where I got up to, though. Do you want to? 
I don't um let's see. All right. Okay, so um yeah, I was talking about Descartes' reasoning, right? Um what were the definitions we were quibbling over? We we're talking about self, which I I think I adequately defined self. It was the thinking subject in the second statement. And then there was also what were the other two, sorry? Do you happen to remember? I'm sorry, I was just uh, I was just typing. Could you say that again? I'm so sorry. Oh, that's all good, man. I was just wondering, um, like you, we were arguing about a couple of definitions. One of them, um, I thought that, like I clarified, which was we share the definition on self, where self is like the um, thinking subject in the second sentence, in the second proposition. Um, what were the other two um, contentions that we had? Oh. Typing oh, again. against the against the against the um Kogiro Gosan, against that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't necessarily remember, but I think it's that um, um, the argument against whether or not we are actually thinking beings, mm -hmm. um, whether or not we can classify our, ourselves as subjects. Oh, for sure. Okay, uh, so yeah. accurately. Look I think that those outside are valid questions. Outside of the like, questions. Valid questions. Outside of the but, linguistics of Here's the thing is, right? All valid questions to which there is in principle a valid answer, right? So no matter what you say, no matter what you say about yourself, right? Because the reason that Descartes produced that reasoning is that he thought of uh, his thought experiment with that demon, right? And the demon who could be contriving absolutely everything you think um you think it's true even though it's not like it's just the powers of a demon right ultimately when you say uh, i doubt therefore i think therefore i am what you're saying is like um you know like i am in a state of doubt because i know that i could be wrong about everything right but being in a state of doubt is the act of thinking and even if I am actually wrong about being in the act of thinking, what I conclude from the fact that I think I'm thinking is simple. I can conclude that I exist in the sense where I is not explicitly delineated, but refers to whatever it is they am unbeknownst to me, right? Whatever the experience that the thinking subject has, right, for them to have an experience, there has to be something that is true, undeniably. Do you accept that? My dude typing again. What's going on? Sorry, I I believe that there is, uh, I believe that um there is a marker linguistically for a specific individuation of an instance that we may refer to as I, and that it occurs in manners in which we denote as experience. I do not agree that we have to clarify. Or classify um, that existence as an objective truth, rather more just an occurrence. 
No, but what we're saying when we're saying it's an occurrence is that like something is occurring and if something is occurring and something is truly occurring, there is something which is true, which is the occurrence, whatever that might be. So what, what I'm saying is this, that occurrence may not necessarily be um, observable or realizable or considered true by instantiations outside of that individualized occurrence. So yeah, but that's not the point. What I'm saying what is I'm that saying even if no, no, I, I know, I know, but I, I'm saying that in the lens of the overall argument. No, but I'm saying like if you're saying there are things outside of it which wouldn't consider it true, you're saying those things are true, right? That's why I brought up Descartes' demon. It's like even if nothing about you is real, the demon has to be true, right? There always has to be something that is true. It has to terminate the regression. So Even if none of it's real. So what are we um, qualifying as truth or true? Okay, we're saying true is like existent, corresponding to reality, having reality. So what I'm saying is if we're even questioning the nature of reality in the first place, it's difficult to claim that things are true. Like, you know what I mean? No, but what we're saying is that if there is a reality, there is something true. That's what reality means. It's real. Yeah, but I, I, I think or I'm saying it more in the sense that, like, this may be an instantiation microcosmically of a reality in which yes. our yes. behavior no, what I'm saying is, is considered macrocosmically no, true. Therefore, no, but what I'm saying is we may no matter not what necessarily... Right? Like, I agree with that, but no matter what it is, something, even if it's something we cannot conceive of or postulate, something has to be true. That just is a fact. In our lens, in our experience. No, 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 no. in an objective sense. Yes, yeah, but, but like the conceptions of truth in the first place are created by human beings. We did not hear no, about I don't truth agree from another. We assign like, the label truth. But like uh, yeah. the idea no. of truth, as in corresponding with reality, isn't something we invented. Yeah. There had to be a reality completely apart from any invention we had that existed. And so when our quote-unquote inventions were consistent, but with we, that we've reality, given name. We've given name to um, instances that occur, and we have labeled their collective as reality when we have had not even the slightest glimmer of the totality of these instances. So what I'm saying no, is no, no. any claims I'm we saying, make to make on the nature I'm, of it are forever going to be completely look man, look man. unachievable. I'm saying insofar as the reality is real, it is true. If it's not real, it's not reality. And if it is real, it is true. There's an equivalent. What I'm saying is like that is a, that is ultimately just a – a semantic proof, like that's something yes, that's but displayed do you agree by the human labels. I accept that. I do you agree that. the semantic proof is sound? If you agree, it's sound specifically within the lens of our human framework that we have conceived. Yes, but the point is that we don't know when uh, what sound in our human framework is connected to what is actually objectively sound. We don't know when that's happening. It could be. I true. I agree. I agree. So. Do you agree that the semantic equivalence is sound? 
If something is within, real, it's true. Within its own rules that were conceived. No, but we don't. No, but we agreed. We don't know if that is the case. We just think that we don't know whether it's affecting anything outside of its own rules. It could be. Okay, that those within, rules, within the rules that we know that we use, that we don't know if it's correlated successfully with the whole. Yes, but yes. it could, right? It's possible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so what we're saying what we're is saying. like. Because it's possible, and because we agree about the semantic um, like equivalence, we can use that to reason about it with the assumption that it is in fact possible, right? Uh, we can reason about it that it is possible, but possibility does not equate to the absolute truth. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that like because you can't say it's necessarily false, right? We can use the semantic um equivalence that we just agreed was sound here to reason about the world as if that semantic equivalence did equal the world and test for inconsistencies so we're we saying just don't we just don't have any support behind that no but there is support the semantic soundness of the argument is the support but because we don't know of its actual accuracy no, but the point it's is, only, this is all we it's have. only support for it's only support. I agree. No, listen, I agree. This so, is all so we've listen, got. So listen, it being all we have is my entire prerequisite for its mystical nature. No, but the I'm saying it doesn't have we, to necessarily be mystical. I'm saying it's all we've got, so we'll use it, and we'll assume that maybe we can get from what we've got to truth. And so insofar as we make those assumptions together and we accept that the semantic equivalence is sound, then what we can say is that when you observe that you doubt that you exist, it must be true that something is true, even if you have no fucking clue what that something is. Something in general, a proposition has to be true in principle. Again, in our work, like in the semantic equivalent. No, no, right? no. I'm saying in principle, right? That already makes the distinction that it is in our understanding. So, like, but in principle. The level of under, but like, w what I see here is that. There isn't, it's not like uh, a black and white. It's not like there is an entire understanding or no understanding. There is a spectrum of understanding which we won't, which we don't have the entirety of, which we're assuming we have the entirety of in order to move on. Like that, that uncertainty alone is the missing piece. The massive. No, but what I'm saying is that we don't need certainty. Let's just be confident together, right? Let's use so that confidence is a human condition, right? Yes, but what yes, we can no. say is that by being clear about our epistemological limitations, we can justify our confidence. So I so. I think that is giving too much credit to human perspective, too much credit to human um, perception. No, but maybe, but also let's try, right? Yes, it's 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 worth a try. I just remain unconvinced i know i feel like you keep defaulting to your unconvinced position halfway through the reasoning though you're right we need to keep going through i haven't even heard the entirety of your work and i'm sorry mm -hmm. so like i'm saying like 
and you're going to fall back to the fact that you're not convinced, but I'm just saying, like, just based on the semantic soundness, something, like, if you can say that you doubt you exist, then even if you doubt that, something has to be true, right? Just based on the semantic soundness of saying that, like, reality and truth Because are we like accept the exist existence of truth values, something must be true. Uh, well, not exactly. More like because we accept that, um, we have an experience, something must be true because otherwise there would be no foundation for the experience. Do you consider dreams to be true? I consider dreams to be a type of truth. They're a hallucination. They're a hallucination. Do you consider like um, that earlier example I gave of a woman sitting down and who actually experiences in her own lens herself sitting down with Jesus and talking to him. Do you consider that to be true? Um, sorry, say that again. again. So like they, so like, let's say like, um, a guy is praying in a church and he says he sees the light of God and to him, he actually sees the light of God descend and God talks to him or something like that. Right. Some version mm -hmm. to him. Is that true? Yes. Is yes. that true? Um, no, I don't think so. It's probably a hallucination, that? but that's a true type of phenomenon. It's probably so a hallucination. What do you mean? So can you explain that? Like how like what is the type of truth that falls under hallucination? Uh like it's a neurological phenomenon. It's like an illusion. Like it's not that the thing you're looking at is false, it's that your brain is misinterpreting what is actually true. That's what I see with our entire endeavor. It's yes, but I'm saying like, I'm saying even like, if you're misinterpreting it all, yeah, to, to misinterpret it, it has to be true. Somehow, in some respect, it has to be. There's no doubt about it. So, so what you're saying is like, even if to the misinterpret it, there must be something to interpret. So, yes. even if the, yes. so even if the guy says he sees God, etc., etc., he's misinterpreting the phenomenon, but the phenomenon is occurring. Yes. 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 I agree. So, yes, I agree. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I follow. Sorry. I'm sorry. sorry that took so long. I just, I work. Like That's that. okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to make sure that we do in fact agree because I'm worried that we don't. All right. So we agree that we agree that if an experience occurs, then something occurs. Therefore, something is extant. Therefore, there is some truth in our definition of what's true because something happened even if it's not what we claim happened, even if we, yes, even yes. so yeah, something, okay. is something is true, something occurs. I would rather we said that. I mean, they're the same they're the though, same because for something, for something to occur, something to it, occur has to it has to actually exist. exist. Otherwise it doesn't, Otherwise occur. It doesn't occur. But okay. So in the case of the hallucination, what we think is occurring isn't what's actually occurring, but something is yes, still occurring. Yes, but something is right? actually right? occurring, and something does yeah, yeah. actually Yeah, so th that's what I'm asking. So, so, like, something is actually occurring, just not what we think is occurring. Yes, but what I'm saying is, like, a hallucination, even if it's not what it appears to be, is still some kind of existent thing, right? Like, like Yeah, uh, like the hallucination is what's existent, not the... No, but like it's Not two things. It's like it's like it's like your perception of it is flawed, and it's also actually a thing that you're misinterpreting. Yeah. So your conception of it isn't true, but the event is true. Yes, but there is something true then, and we agree about. And we that. agree about.
Yes. Okay, so, okay. so when you say when something you say is true, you're actually making a couple of more fundamental assumptions in order to say that. Say that one more time. I miss when you say that something is true, you're making a few more fundamental assumptions, two of them, in order to say that something is true. I accidentally clicked out. I'm sorry. Just that one last time. <laughs> okay. So when you say something is true, you are necessarily making two more fundamental assumptions. Like in order to make that proposition, you have to make two assumptions. So that means that what we're saying is like, even in order to like determine truth, we must make an assumption. No, I'm saying in order to propose that anything is true, there are a couple of implicit assumptions. What would those assumptions be? Those assumptions are that there is data, for one, right? In order to propose that something is true, there has to be something. And since data is uninterpreted information, whatever that something is, is made of data. Do you, do you dissent with so, the first one? So, like, follow me here, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that you have a program open, right? And you put in a code, and that's data, right? Now, let's say mm -hmm. that you press enter. I mean, no, but you keep going. That's a computer science version of data. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm giving an analogy. I'm giving an analogy. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah, general, general data. General data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow. Okay, so... um. I, I understand that you mean that like anything to observe is data. Like anything but it's is before data. the observation of data. data. Yeah. You yeah, enter yeah. information yeah. into a information into a computer. Yeah. Not data. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So um so you wouldn't consider information to also be data? Uh, information is data after it's been integrated into a subject. Okay. Okay. So, so information is data used to inform you. I don't know. So, like, my perspective is that the data is not separate from, like, the, for me, But it is. One. We just said that before. It's a hallucination, me, there's, right? The, right? The, there's think only about one, it. The data is one body true. of, there's only one body of data. No, no, let's look. Our let's observation look. distinguishes it. Let's just I, quickly, just... quickly. We're talking about the hallucination, right? So the data is the thing that actually is as it is. And then the information is the thing you perceive. And your information can be wrong, but the data cannot be wrong. Yeah, like in itself versus in your eyes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, so exactly. information Hegel is does that. data. Mm-hmm. So information is data you're using to inform yourself. That's why it's called information. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, right, what we're saying is that before you have used it to inform yourself, it's data. And data is what we call it when it exists in the world, apart from your perception. Right, all objects are made up of data. Because no matter what it is that they're made up of, right, 
any the ability to describe it in any fashion means that it has characteristics and if it has characteristics then it is made up of things that are you could use to inform your perception about it and anything you can use to inform yourself is fundamentally data okay okay so okay. Mm -hmm. um so what i'm saying is like when we say that something is true we are necessarily making the assumption that data exists the data actually exists it's, it has to yeah, otherwise, has to, otherwise yeah. there cannot be a something yep and so then when we say that that something is true we make the assumption that logic exists that there are things that are true that truth is a structure in the world and that the thing that we are talking about the data right whatever that something is has a manifest structure that's what we mean when we say that it is true mm -hmm. so those are the two assumptions that you necessarily make to say that there is something that exists and so that's the abductive argument is that that's how you get these assumptions which is data exists and logic exists right and so then we're saying from those two premises you can derive as a logical consequence the existence of this universe and ourselves within it yeah okay and if as i say the thing the premises i'm talking about can be used to derive that conclusion and the premises can be shown to be necessarily true right then isn't that an explanation of the thing that you're saying you probably can't capture in words um the only gap that i see here is that mm -hmm. we are using language which is a human construction in order to codify and lock down this yeah. logic yeah. And, so why don't we say uh, for instance, we say for instance therefore well one sec all, all i'm saying here is that um any human construction we use is going to limit the entirety of the explanation because mm -hmm. we are we are going through the journey of classifying and um, rationalizing and, yes. Yes. and constructing these premises. Yes. As a result, yes. I don't give enough credit to human beings in our ability to capture That's the fair. whole. So That's as fair. a result, I will continue to believe that this isn't capturing the whole thing. I do believe okay, but, that you okay. have let's constructed. Know, let's examine that reason. I, I think you have linguistically and logically constructed something that by definition captures a whole, but in terms of its actual content misses out on what i consider to be that mystical aspect that's fair but Therefore, i think that like if that's true and it's actually missing instead of reductively collapsed into our model then you should be able to demonstrate that to me in future arguments right like it should be possible to show me that i'm leaving something out if that yeah, is indeed the case do you i believe do you it's agree? demonstrable outside of the method of language you know, I believe okay, that because how? it how? isn't cut through mystical experiences, through... Okay, but I've had I've mystical had experiences, bro. I've taken a shitload of psychedelics, and I'm telling yeah, you telling okay. that, uh, like, the mystical experience... Do you feel, like you, can put, do you feel like you can put every part of that experience into words? Yes, I do. Yep. I've I done do so. I can send you an article I wrote on it. I don't think I I, I don't Look, think man. I could do Look, it. Man. I I would be Look, I'm fascinated. I would be fascinated to read the article. I'm please send it. Yeah, to I'll, I'll like, send it to you. Um, I'm down to read it and like maybe it'll change my mind. But um, 
I still, at the moment, disagree, and I hope you do see where I'm That's going. fair. Dude, cool. I completely support someone being skeptical. Like, I would be so skeptical of someone telling me the shit I'm telling you, dude. But, but do, you see, do, you see, do you see, like, my reasons for it is my question. Of course, but I think that okay, – I just think I'm that just... over time we will come to see whether or not your reasons are as justified as they seem to you right now because, as I said, if there is a way that I am missing something crucial that you can see, you should be able to show me. Well, what I was even well, if you remember what I was saying originally is that the reason I use words like mystical, transcendent, transrational, and mm -hmm. religious from the beginning is because these are experiences that are true in their experience and that they occur. Yeah, they're they are authentic. authentic. Yes, but they are not translatable. No, they but here's the thing: is I translate by them. Dude, I've like taken psychedelics a lot. I've spent a lot of time with people who have taken psychedelics, and I'm very, very good at listening to someone's experience. Do you think that listening 100 to someone's 100% of the information is transferred? I think that all of the information that isn't transferred is safely assumed to be part of the structure I'm describing. Because the thing is that, like, when I say, for instance, right, when we're talking about the psychedelic experience, right? There's this thing that happens, for instance. I'll just deal with one of the archetypal experiences, right? Um, you get really, really fucked up on psychedelics or let's say you meditate a lot, you know what I mean, for a long fucking time. And so it's like you get to a state. It's much better much example better. of psychedelics. But look, psychedelics can, you, have can, you, can you show me the colors you see? On no, no, listen, no, listen. Can listen, you? I'm talking about can a specific you make experience. Me, can you make me feel dude, the feelings dude, you see? Dude, can, that's not the point. You, You're talking about the authenticity of it, okay? I'm saying it's my I'm judgment. About translating all of yes. The listen, listen. It's my judgment that if you cannot explain to me what you think you know, then you do not really know it. Okay, so someone who can't explain to me what they think they understand, don't probably do not really understand it themselves. Because if they really did. They'd be able to explain it. Well, that is why I do say that it is something that I do not understand. And no, I know, but what yeah, I'm saying is, I'm like, saying if you like, admit if that you, you don't admit. understand it, then you can't really like effectively oppose someone who's saying they do, because you're saying you're you saying don't. That disqualifies well, you. You wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to argue it within the realm of logic because the argument is constructed infallibly within the realm of logic. That much I listen, definitely listen. agree. I agree. I'm just going to deal with the psychedelic, psychedelic situation I was describing. Right? Let, let me right, say so this. Like let, let, let me say this. Let me say this. If if you can show me what you see on psychedelics, right? If you can make me experience all those things exactly as you did, then it's translatable to me. Otherwise, putting it into words is an explanation but not a perfect transference of the data it's a description of the data you know what i mean and um, look i understand, the, what, you're I understand what you're saying at the but same like, time like all, all i'm saying is this all all i'm saying is this i think that yes i do not have an understanding in the moment but that we can achieve in which we have the understanding and then lose those states i believe that those states can occur out of time or in instances you know what i mean 
Yeah, for sure. Just let me like try to deal with like one specific example of an authentic experience and let's see how I do. Lots of people who take psychedelics report similar experiences. One of the most common ones, one of the archetypal psychedelic experiences, is encountering an ultimate being who people call God. They say they meet God, right, in their trip, right? You would say that's a mystical experience, right? I'm saying, I think, neurochemically, it is a hallucination. Scientifically, it is a hallucination. And so what I, I think do believe from these lenses, that is what it listen, is. Listen, what, I say, what I'm saying is from a reductive lens, here is what is happening. The psychedelic makes you hallucinate. And when you're hallucinating, your ability to coherently perceive the world declines and your subconscious projection increases because that's how your brain compensates right you project what you think might be true because you have no fucking clue how to figure out what is true and the less sense you can make of the world the more you are projecting your subconscious beliefs onto it all right so when you are so fucked up that you can't tell what's what and you come across your own ego right your own self the idea you have of yourself but you're so fucked up that you can't recognize that it is you Maybe you think it's God. That's not that out so, there. So I do believe these are legitimate lenses. I also know there are other lenses. There Such are the, the views. There are the views of the mystical lens. There are views. Yeah, but of if you lens. can't explain the, to me. A view. Well, listen, listen. People have explanations that they acquire a sort of coherence and a sort of mental state that is not normally accessible from the. Yeah, but. I have done that. Default sober state. And no, but I've they done say those that, drugs, man. Yeah, so have I. Those, so have I. But, but here's what I'm experiences, saying. Experiences like this are individuated. They're subjective is what I'm saying. Yes, but the our, point is that our measurement of them biologically, neurologically, the measurements that we make allow us to read data. But the, but the projections we make in connecting that data to the experience itself is a human action. Therefore, it does not display any kind of absolute. No, I don't accept that. The point is that it's a psychological archetype. But that is that that entire like mindset of the framework of a psychological archetype is created by human beings. No, Just, like no, it like, isn't. Like, nope, no, it is bi biologically evolved. Psychology we gave, is a biologically we evolved made, level we of analysis. We make these measurements. We make no, but that's measurements. not the point. We no, no, no. track your psychology. Does. We observe this data and create this Dude, information. Does your ego do that, or do you? I do your that, just does. like no, I do does. other things. That's the technical term for it. It's called an ego. Your ego does it. But your we, idea look, of what I'm trying to say is like no. these classifications that we create are created by us. Therefore, no, I don't, don't accept that. I believe words are created by human beings and labels and classifications. I think are words are sounds that are created by human beings in the sense that we're making the sounds, but what we signify with the arbitrary symbols are not products of human perception. They're patterns that exist in the natural world. I disagree. I believe that these are patterns projected. Well, then how does science work? Onto so you're saying science works because we think it does. Well, it works because we have functional knowledge. The measurements allow no, no, us no, to no. make advances. No, no, no. You just said we projected. We projected. Yes. That's what you said. So how does the yeah. knowledge allow us to make advances? Because we are able to create frameworks that partially work 
with the world. Science no, is constantly I'm, I'm revised. Confused. Science Didn't is you just the say very we fundamentals. Project. Yes. So, like, what are we projecting? Are the rules of the world projected from the mind? We are measuring. We create rulers. Things no, I'm like asking. That. We create. Are the rules well, that's what I'm saying. Of the world. We we are creating rules that we constantly change. The are the laws rules of the world projected from the mind? The rules of which we believe to be the rules of the world from one lens, the scientific lens, are created by human beings. Other rules are also created by human beings. No, That's I'm not asking about that. I'm asking about the laws of nature. Like the words laws of nature and what they signify the are created by human beings. That govern concepts the of nature did not no, listen, exist before listen, not human concepts, beings. Not concepts. Principles that govern nature independently of your ability to articulate them. Is that we have approximations? We have approximations of them. We make sense. No, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm saying that the fact is that there are principles, even if you're not here to call it a principle, there are rules that govern the natural world. So the question is, I disagree. Are those rules? So you disagree that there are rules? I disagree that there are rules intrinsic to the fabric of the of the universe that were present before human. So then, where do the rules come We identify. So then, so then, how did we evolve if there weren't rules? What do you mean? How did we evolve? So you like you said that humans identified rules, but like we evolved according to the rules in evolution. We tracked our progress according to the rules no, that I'm we not, created later, and then me. looked back retroactively. That's what. Dude, I'm you're saying. not listening. You're not listening to me. I'm saying the rules of nature permitted us to evolve to get to this point where we could describe them. Were they there before we described them? I'm saying. We described them first. That's a yes first. or a no. I'm saying we described them first. Yes, I understand what you said. Can you please and try to answer then, my question? And then we looked, we, we utilized the data to create observations and create trends and create patterns, and we made one no, that I fits. don't accept that. And whenever, no, well, think that. about this. Well, think about this. Rules in math, rules in science are constantly changing. We're constantly no, our interpretation of the rules is constantly changing. There's a difference between well, a model and a thing that is modeled. All no, we have no, to work with true, is our interpretation. All we have to work with is our interpretation. How can we that escape our true. interpretation? How? Because, because we can say across history, our interpretation has continuity, and the continuity that our interpretation has, the fact it that doesn't. we can... It stop, doesn't. Stop for a sec. It doesn't. The fact that we can get closer to the truth using science shows that there is something about our interpretation that is consistent with the actual structure of the world. There isn't continuity, though. Science has constantly contradicted itself. You found No, but there is continuity. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Let's think about this, all right? So when we have a scientific revolution, isn't the revolution the establishment of consistency in all the things we thought we knew based on a new revolutionary idea? Or completely flipping over everything we thought we knew, which has happened many times throughout history. Where we no, say, but it's not oh, completely flipping it over. It's changing what we know. Dude, even if it changes to an opposite interpretation, the what we think we know thing is still like, we still think that the same evidence is relevant, don't we? It's not all changing. There's it a depends on the instance. It, yes, it's, no, no, a, like, okay, it's a progression. But that's... 
that to me is not an uncovering of truth. It is to me a uh, building of a, a better machine. If it's a progression that permits accuracy over time, it where does the accuracy our, come from? It increases our functional ability. It increases I don't understand what you're saying. Where does that come from? Human creation. It's no, human. no, no, no. Is it? Are you saying it is the product of the human mind that science works? That's what it sounds like you're saying. Science is a measurement used by human no, beings no, in order no. to make sense science of the world. Science is a methodology. It's not a measurement. I don't see those as mutually exclusive terms. Science is not one measurement. Science is the methodology used to derive all measurements. They are different. Not all measurements, all scientific measurements. All empirical measurements, all measurements all that measurements qualify as a measurement. measurement. Science is one epistemology, is what I'm trying to say. No, trying to scientific say is that epistemology is one epistemology. Science is a theory of the world that involves the way that we come to know things. And what I'm saying is there are other theories of the world that involve the but way. But that's that not the point. The point is that I'm asking, where does the effectiveness of science come from? I'm saying that it comes from our trial and error, experimentation, replication, no, observation. No, but, no, 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 but that's not an answer to the question, man. I'm saying, why does trial and error produce accuracy? That implies that there is something Because true we try things till they work. No, listen. For things we that find you think, listen, dude, listen. For things that you think to fail, that indicates what's true isn't predicated on what you think. Yes. Yes, but just before you said that we project the rules of the world onto the world from our minds. Yeah, and then when it doesn't work, no, we adjust to make it work. Not consistent. When it doesn't work, we adjust to make it work. Then we don't project the rules. For it to not How? work means we, we are the ones adjusting it. No, we are adjusting listen, what the rules listen, say. Listen. Yes, but the rules couldn't contradict us if they were just representative of what we thought they were. I can interject real quick. I gotta head to sleep. But it was really good talking to you guys. Hope to you too, man. Catch you Have, a good... Have a good, good night, night, dude. What I'm trying to say here is that it working and these things occurring is just one way that we have unfolded and interacted with the world. We don't know what yes. other methods we could have gone down. Listen, you know? dude, please. I'm really, I'm asking you, try to answer my question directly. Don't, don't give a roundabout answer. All right. The question is, how is it possible for one model to be more effective than another model? How is that possible? Because if your proposition about the mind projecting the rules onto the reality, then what the mind projects should never encounter contradiction. Because no, the I'm rules not saying the that. Reality, I'm not saying say that. that. I'm saying our mind projects these rules. The rules are not always consistent with reality itself. Okay, so then the mind isn't projecting the rules. It's generating a set of rules to model reality. Is that accurate? Yes. That's so, what then, so then the rules of reality pre-exist our minds, correct? No, because our minds no, are generating the rules. No, but our, you just equivocated. No. Incorrect. What I'm saying is I have, I have no idea if there are rules to reality. I, no, but you did just generating. equivocate. How? 
because you admitted to me that your mind generated a model of the rules, but that the rules were outside your mind and were not projected onto the reality by your mind. I'm then sorry. When I, took I, that, I thought you meant your mind generates the rules themselves. That's what I'm saying. Your mind generates I'm saying that rules the, the laws of nature and tries them. And they work Dude, or they stop. don't work. Your mind generates subjective rules. Objective rules, as in the rules of the objective world, are not projected from your mind. They're not predicated on your mind. The rules of the objective world have nothing to do with your perception, apprehension of them. Right, like your perceptual apprehension of them isn't involved. Right, the only reason you ever evolved a brain that supported the perception you're using now is because the rules of nature dictated that that's what should happen. It's not because your mind projected those rules. Those rules. But, but I don't, don't accept that your mind. Look, I don't accept that your mind retroactively projects the rules that structure it. That is just ridiculous to me. But our conceptions of the rules are historically sedimented through the past, though. Yeah, but I'm saying that the rules don't have to be retroactively projected. They can just objectively exist, and we can be, over time, slowly making a more accurate apprehension of them so that we can model them more effectively. I agree with everything except the idea that they already exist. I just do not Yeah, but like, there's no reason rules. for you to say that. I don't ex I don't I don't accept that there are objective rules because I don't have evidence. Yeah, but they have to be because listen, because listen, they're at the very least. Yeah, they do. They're at the very least, objective rules. At the very least, the objective rule that the subjective like perception you have exists has to be true. That rule has to exist. The objective principle of subjectivity has to be true, or subjectivity isn't here. That's a fact. I believe in intersubjectivity over objectivity. No, but the thing I'm saying is, unless subjectivity is true, it does not exist. What does that have to do with objectivity's existence? Because I'm saying unless subjectivity is objectively true, it does not exist. That's what true means. I disagree. I do not believe that truth well, is objectively Yeah, true. well, that's wrong. The pragmatic theory of truth is incomplete and inadequate. But that theory was created by us. You know what I mean? Yes, like, but that is not are semantic creations by human beings in order to I, construct an idea though. of objectivity. But what that I'm doesn't mean that there is. is. No, but what I'm saying is the pragmatic theory of truth is insufficient to... Like properly analyze truth. I'm telling you that. That's my opinion. That's my experience. Yes, I've, therefore, we can't use it as an accurate model. Yeah, but you are using the pragmatic theory of truth. I'm not. You are. That's why you're saying that what your mind says is true is what's true and that your mind projects the rules onto the objective world. And you're saying that the objective world doesn't have objective rules and all of these I'm, things what, what I'm saying are supposition. I, no, I have insufficient information to determine an objective world. Well, in that case, you have insufficient information to determine that there wouldn't be such a thing. But there's the null hypothesis in that case. No, but the point that I'm making is, okay, I'm saying I have reason to suggest X, and you're saying I think X is fundamentally untrue, but you admit to having no evidence. Well, 
I'm I'm saying there's no evidence either way because of human. But I'm saying that means you can't say that you're drawing the conclusion it's fundamentally untrue. How do you justify? Well, I believe that? I believe there's experiential evidence that can be individualized, but I don't believe there's translatable evidence of the whole. Okay, so you think it's an it's a it's a something that you can tell is true, but that you can't explain to me that it is true. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yes. Well, then guess what? I'm going to repeat to you the thing I said before, which is that anybody who tells me that they understand something that is true, but who cannot explain to me what they think they understand, I am going to reply to them that I do not believe that they do adequately understand what they think they do. So do you believe that all understanding can be translated into words? All understanding that is sufficient can be translated into words, yes. So what I'm saying is, in that case, we never have sufficient understanding. And I don't agree. I also we have fundamentally, understanding all the time. I also fundamentally believe. I also fundamentally disagree with the idea that all information can, all sufficiently understood information can be um, shared through uh, verbal communication because verbal communication is a human habit. Okay, but I, well, but no, but wait a minute. Like, let's think about that. that centric. Hold on. We don't live in a universe that is centered around human beings. Therefore, dude, think verbal think communication as a method to explain yeah, but, is insufficient. Dude, That's listen. Listen, we, I said the word sufficient. I said sufficient, and sufficient is according to my fucking criteria, all right? So True. I'm saying my criteria for sufficiency is that you can explain what you know to me because if you really knew it, why the fuck wouldn't you be able to tell me? Because words have limitations. No, I don't accept that. Maybe language, maybe cognitive. but there, there's Dude. grammatic. Like there's things you can't say in yes, English. Yes, I accept that. Listen, listen, I accept that. But also another possibility is that your cognitive apprehension has limitations. And I'm saying if you cannot explain to me in the words you know what you think you mean, maybe you don't really know either. Because how the fuck could you check? If you have not been able to put it out, we've agreed that we've agreed that these are both possibilities, and we and we disagree. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, listen, 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 because because there are other forms of communication, and no, but there's not other forms of verification. You're saying that truth is only. You're saying that truth must be communicable. Must be what? Sorry. You're saying truth must be communicable. No, I'm saying verification is something. Listen, I'm saying verification is something that cannot happen sufficiently inside your own head. Always, you cannot consider any of your opinions to be sufficiently verified if you have not managed to externalize them and have them checked by another reasoning human. I disagree with that. That's well, you'd be wrong. You are subjective. You're biased. You miss your mistakes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, but, but you I'm miss your like, mistakes. But we all are biased. No, but We're listen, you miss, listen, you miss your mistakes specifically. You are idiosyncratic in a way which means that your mistakes are unique to you. Mistakes that you make could be mistakes I can see, and you can't see them. That's why you're making them. But if you manage to put it outside of your head, we could both check it and agree that you do not have any mistakes. But since you have not been able to do so, any understanding which has been checked outside of a head is better than an understanding that has not. 
what I'm saying is your even your claim on it being better is a qualifying claim. That alone is a value claim. Like that alone is an yes, opinion. Yes. Any so at the yes, end of the day, yes. fundamentally that's, that's pragmatic. We do have a disagreement that is opinion. No, but that's pragmatic. that's pragmatic. No, it's pragmatically evaluated. I'm saying, like in terms of like a, a rational model, right? One is like technically worse than the other. But I'm saying that conceptions of rationality are human made. So I don't care. I'm saying attempting to place my opinions here on into a rational model will not fit if they're I don't not accept rational. That. I, um, yeah, but of course, yeah, of course, of course, if they're not rational, but I'm saying irrational things are not sensible. The totality of his existence does not fit in a rational model. Therefore, we I think what you're saying is it doesn't fit inside your head. It doesn't. I'm saying it doesn't fit in my conceptions of a rational model. Yes, but you haven't heard of all the rational models, right? So you can't make that claim. Neither of us have. The point is, I'm not making the claim. You just said that reality doesn't fit inside a rational model, but you do not know that. that. Your claim that it does implies a full understanding of humanity. Dude, I'm saying I think it does because I have evidence that it does. Do you have evidence that it doesn't? Within its own model, you're asking me to give you evidence using the model. While you give me, I'm not. I'm saying, admit to me that you cannot have evidence of your position within your model because your no, is no, born out by of your, your own model. admission. Yes, because I told you I feel like I have evidence dude, that isn't dude. inside of that model. There is, but I'm saying like, saying like, dude. I'm saying, like, according to my standards, I'm the one you have to convince. My standards for sufficient evidence include that the information is not just inside your head. You have to have it checked by me. You can't tell me what's true without giving me the chance to examine your fucking reasoning. I follow what you're saying completely. and I Yeah, so I don't accept any claims to truth which aren't supported by the sufficient reasoning. That's fair. That's 100% fair. What I'm saying is this, and what I should have said earlier is this. This is the frustrating region where the claim of the mystical is born. The people who claim, Mm -hmm. I have these experiences. You say they're not real because I cannot vouch. No, 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 no. I'm not saying saying I'm, I'm the guy. I'm saying like, the, the the realm of the mystical is born in the claim that this is forever inexplicable. It is a belief system. You know what I mean? Like it's a philosophical standpoint that doesn't adhere to traditional rationality. That's what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, as a result, it will remain incompatible in its fundamental view, in the such that I will never convince you, and you will never convince me. On this fundamental, oh, because we I mean, hold maybe, our beliefs maybe. on it. Look, I'm That's saying and like, like, and like, I know it's a pain in the ass because, like, I promise you, like, you're making total sense. You are making total sense to me, and I hear you. And I don't want you to think that I'm ignoring your claims. And I can feel the frustration because, like, I you end up having to say the same thing to me over and over because you're right. But at the same time. There is this space of belief. You know what I mean? There is the space of a claim being made by a subjective, possibly flawed human who is saying, 
I see and feel truths that I cannot share with you, that to you mm-hmm. are not truths. But that's why they remain esoteric. That's why they mm-hmm. maintain the denotation of mysticism, because mm-hmm. they are a mystery to you. You know what I mean? Even I definitely, if, know, I what definitely know what you say. Even if your iteration of nearly the same experience is translatable to you, if it's not translatable in my eyes, then for me it is a mystical experience. So what I'm saying is these are like opposing forces that it's painful to attempt to reconcile, but our work in doing so is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Look, like, I definitely, I see what you're saying. I think ultimately, though, that, like, I am not close-minded to mystical phenomena. All I don't think you are. That... I don't think you are. Not at all. I would, I would not say that. Yeah, I just feel like I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying, like, as someone who... You are I, steadfast I a... in your view with evidence. You have built a translatable explanation through your observation of information utilizing an effective framework which you believe to hold some connection to an objective truth of the world, which you have displayed to me. I accept that and simultaneously say there is information missing in your framework that I cannot give you words for mm-hmm. outside of the words that relay their denotation as missing. Like mystery. Okay. Okay. So as a result, so, I know that it gives this kind of it, it appears to be a kind of pushing out from a logical standpoint. But in terms of overall discussion, you have the ability to see what I'm saying. Therefore, it is in some degree comprehensible as a concept, yet it is not sufficiently uh-huh. backed up. Therefore, within your practice that you have displayed to me, it's not sufficient for you to take it as true. That I understand, I accept, but I also know you can see what I'm saying here. Okay, so I definitely do see what you're saying, and I think my final comment would probably be that hopefully you think that maybe we can figure out how to um, collaborate cooperatively to discover the words that we do not currently know how to use that might describe the thing that you're talking about, which I don't believe is beyond the grips of language. So what I'll say is, even though I do believe it is, we still have to try. You're right. And we Mm -hmm. will try. And in the same way, I would ask you to do me the favor of attempting to have this communication occur through other forms of communication outside Mm -hmm. of language, maybe through two people doing the same trip or maybe through something. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we have to make this journey. That much is clear. I definitely agree that um, part of what's going on here is that we need to help each other understand because probably none of us do. My only fear is that you feel that I am a fool through this conversation. No, I don't feel that you're a fool. I think that um, you don't agree with me, but I mean, that's fine. 
Like maybe we can but come I, to agree. But I follow you. I respect your positions, and I see with the with the fundamental beliefs that I believe you have. I see why your logic make why your claims make total sense, and I do not want to attribute any falsity to them in any claims of objectivity. I just want to say I believe from my fundamental truths that I hold that this is incorrect. But mm-hmm. possibly our truths could mutate into a way that allows us to find mm-hmm. a middle ground. But as one, you know, you know, it's going to take a lot more of this, my friend. And yeah, of I course. can't wait. Thesis. Antithesis synthesis, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the way. All right, man. Look, I had a really good discussion. Um, I might hop off for the night, um, but I hope to see you on here tomorrow, and I hope that you stick around. Same here, man. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be here. Awesome. All right. Uh, have a good night, dude. Thanks, man. God bless you. Peace out. Yeah, you too.